I would put anybody before Jordan then. And it wasn't a hate thing. It was just like, bro, y'all like him too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's go hate. <laughs> <laughs> might be actually the exact yeah, definition like, might, of yeah, hate. Like, yeah, you yeah, might be yeah, a player hater. Yeah. I might be a player yeah, hater. Yeah. No worry, I'm Yeah, oh boy, this is the official hustler's anthem. You getting money? Throw it in the air. Guess who's been Zach? Zach still smell the blow in my clothes like Krispy Kreme. I was cooking the molds. Like horseshoes, I was tossing the molds. Time to re-up, gotta recycle the flow. Welcome to a new episode of the New Rory Mall Podcast. I am all. I'm Rory. And today we are joined with a friend, uh, a good guy, one of the craziest dudes I know. Uh, one of the greatest debaters I've ever met. Uh, one of the dudes that probably made my headline recede just a little bit in the past mm. three months. Uh, we are joined by none other than Don Cannon. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's How up? you doing, my brother? Man, I can't complain, bro. What's well, up? thank you for stopping by. First of all, thank you for coming around. That. Yeah, man, we've been talking about doing yeah, this. Yeah, we've been we've been trying to get 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 this uh, conversation for a while. Yeah, I'm glad it finally happened. Um, you're a man of many hats, many talents. Yes, record, sir. Yes, sir. Record producer, executive DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're definitely one of the greatest debaters I've ever sat in a room with. I, I'm is gonna that put really that out true? There. Absolutely. Wow. The shit you okay. say is like it's not so much the debate techniques; it's the things you can't argue against. Yeah. yeah. You so give glad- the most outlandish points ever. To- that I can't even refute. That makes sense. <laughs> like, it, I don't... It, Do don't, they, though? I don't, no, they, it does. It, it makes Did sense. Did it not make sense? It's, it, they listen. Okay, we don't it, made, it made sense. <laughs> but but after a while, it's like, nah, he crazy. Like, I'm not rolling with that. But in the moment, it makes a lot of, lot of sense. Um, So we're glad to sit down and kick it with you today. Um, What's up, man? How you, how you feeling? Man, I feel good, man. Just happy to be in New York. Uh, just moving around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, come to see y'all. We've been planning this for a couple of weeks. I've been yeah. trying to go up here. So, you know. You working? Uh, yeah. In the work. studio? Yeah, we up here. I'm working Seems like you're always in the studio. I have to be. You know, I'm the music guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep the artists moving, mm-hmm. get the motivation to make the best music they can make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, you know, when we first started the company, uh, all the artists were in Atlanta. So, you know, now that they're blowing up, they're in different places. So Uzi's yeah. up here, you know, Jack maybe in LA. Uh-huh. You know, Seti's in Paris right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're moving around. So, yeah. you know, uh, wherever I can be to help, you know, forward the progress of what's going on that's where i need to be i'm gonna go as, as someone that's always in the studio and, and so much behind the actual music of these artists does it become difficult that you hate music um no but i i, I know when i <laughs> that go you home, literally don't like any rap There's on t- earth besides jeezy and jay-z nah man like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dispute that <laughs> you're gonna dispute i just want to get right to it yeah, yeah 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 we're gonna dispute that i like a lot of rappers but in my debates uh, like we were having, mm-hmm. it's all about music to me. Like yeah. it's nothing about nobody personal life. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, notice yeah. we never yeah. said nothing, nothing personal, personal, nothing talk about. It's just your own nothing. taste, own taste of yeah. rap. But also, you know, as I got older, I learned that we buy into too much, too much of the rapper yeah. instead of the music. Absolutely, everybody want to argue. Like if I argue about Tupac, the first thing I was like, "Well, he was real. He shot the police." Yeah. Like, bro, I don't. I want to talk about, yeah, about yeah. the music, song, the music, the beat, how we did it. Yeah. When do you think that happened? When did I think that happened? Yeah. Like um, around you, what era when did we get too um, engulfed in who the person was rather than the output of music? Uh, I think that just just as a game in general, we always 
bought into like you listen to like Mob Deep. The first thing we wanted to do was check to see if they background was real. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. And it was a Chinese secret about a Chinese ancient secret about who's writing whose raps. Mm-hmm. So it was just like the scroll was always. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's like we thought everybody's real. Well, Jay really did that. Or mm-hmm. so it it became a concern so much, especially with me, mm-hmm. um, in my later years, um, just being what you know, my wife or whatever. She, I was buying into like Kanye was doing all this stuff recently. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I, I grew up listening to his music. So I'm hearing like the college, I'm buying too much into him being college or Jesus walks and stuff like that. And realizing he a human being and he does things based on what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to take myself out of buying into the rapper too much and just listening to the music for what it is. At what point did you realize like this is what you wanted to do forever? Like you wanted to be involved with music, with artists, with some t- f- part of the culture in some some form of fashion. Like when did it hit you? Like yo, I really this is what I want to do. Uh, to be completely honest, it never hit me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I was doing this since I was a young and so uh, it was more like brushing my teeth. I think that as you get older, you understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Then you get into the space of like, oh, I really want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I was doing stuff, but I never thought about. When I was 11, 12 years old, making money, I just mm-hmm. was mimicking DJ Premier. I was mm-hmm. rapping, trying to be Dr. Dre and Snoop. Like, I really, yeah. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you get to high school, things start getting realer for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You start getting a certain amount of attention. Do you get to college? And it's like, oh, now I got to pick a profession. Mm-hmm. Oh, what am I going to do? Business management? Well, I'm going to do architect. So then you just start jumping in. I'm going to be a musician. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And things start to cancel out. Like, you know, obviously I wanted to play basketball. I knew that basketball was over, especially Kobe. Like when I would play at St. Joe's, he would be over there playing at St. Joe's. Mm-hmm. And I just watch him leave some of the games and go shoot a thousand jump shots in the gym by himself. And you it was ain't like, had a, you and I, just, I was in a, I remember just being in the stands watching him do it. And, and mind you, the city wasn't really big on him at first. It yeah. was like all about Donnie Carr. It was yeah. all about uh, uh, Arthur Davis and mm-hmm. these guys like Na- Naeem Crenshaw. So, Seeing that, I felt like he was trying to outwork everybody and just seeing him in that gym shooting them thousand shots. And I'll, pu- I'll pull up to school every day and he'll be out there. I'm like watching it like, man, I don't got that. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? What do you think it changed? This, 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 this is actually the third. This is the three anniversary I think Kobe's passing too. Oh, thank yeah, you. Today, yeah, today's the three Christ, anniversary. Yeah. Wow. To the mama. So rest what, in peace, Gianna. Um, what, when did that change in Philly? Just like the energy around Kobe as a high schooler? Um, I think in the in the in the um the last year of high school, which was uh like ninety six, but throughout since Sunny Hill League, since the youngins, I played in there since I was like probably ten, eleven. Mm. And I think that uh him being not as big as those other players, they were focused on the city league players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was on the outside of the city league, but he was terrorizing. Mm-hmm. But people yeah. didn't respect it because we don't yeah. respect that coming to the city. Yeah. Especially when be they being up. City. Yeah. yeah, you look at some old Kobe interviews and they asked him some real questions like who was the best defender? He could have said anybody. He could have said uh, McGrady. He could have mm-hmm. said, he said Donnie Carr, which is in yeah. high school. Right. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? It was like, mm-hmm. why you say that? Was, yeah. That was the trying time for him yeah. where he was trying to get through. But I think like when we started seeing him in the top 10 All-American mm-hmm. and doing those things, it was just like, okay, Kobe. But again, Philly's a tough city. Everybody's like, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that he got to a space where uh, when he was in that All-American game and was doing like all mm-hmm. that, it was like, okay, now yeah. we see what's going on. And then you knew he was like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm going to put this basketball down. I'm not I've, fucking I've been put, I just, I put. I've been put it down. I think one, uh, one of my last games was the college league. I came home for the summer from college and um, – 
they were short one player, so I had to play in the game. And I'm in the college league, <laughs> yeah, bro. There's people from Temple. These guys are balling. Yeah. I'm in the game. I can't I can't guard nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, bro, that, it's stop, over. bro. It's over. And I went to Clark team. I couldn't, you know, it was none of that. Did you ever run into Kobe like later on? Because obviously Kobe was into hip hop too. And you guys at yeah. that point was coming up at the same time, one in hip hop, one in the NBA. Yeah, I did. Uh, one time in a the summer, there was a summer league in Vegas. I think I was DJing out there. And uh, this is when uh, I used to be heavy in the stores in Caesar Palace. And I wound up running into him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo. Yeah. And he was like, yo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, what's up? And yeah. he was like, yeah, man. He's like, you're doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think, you, you know, he was so tunnel vision. Yeah. For sure. You know, yeah. so I did see him. Um, you bring up that you thought maybe you were a better defender and he should have brought I you I should up. have. I should have. <laughs> It's like, you remember when I... Yeah, nah. yeah he was like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, I got you. Yeah, and I finished at the rim. Yeah, but that was the only time. We never mm-hmm. exchanged any numbers and nothing like that. It just, you know, it was mm-hmm. in passing. Yeah. Just, he was chilling. I think I, I think that was like almost one of the first times where they was doing the summer league in, mm-hmm. um, in Vegas. Vegas yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you put the basketball down and you, you focus more on your music mm-hmm. and wanting to get into music. Mm-hmm. At what point did it become like, okay... I got to lock in on this. I want to either DJ, I want to, you know, get with an artist and produce. Uh-huh. Like, how do you how do you make that decision? Is it just something you just like let just happen and fall into your lap or? I think the, I think the universe made it fall in my lap, honestly. It used to be when I was doing parties at, you know, I started out in a dorm, right? And uh, Clark and they had a basketball uh, gym outside, outside court. And um, I used to, put the speaker in the window and just play jams for the game, waiting for my time to play a game. So when it was time for me to okay. call, they'd be like, oh, and then I'd come down playing the game. But if I lost, I had to wait six games or whatever, okay. I'd jump back up. The dorm room right beside it was the women's dorm, and they used to sit out, you know what I mean, okay. uh, out there. So I would just be playing jams and stuff. And uh, sometimes I would sneak in a beat to see if they was messing with it during the yeah. game, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just stuff I was doing in the dorm room uh, that led to – uh, some of the biggest promoters, they they always came to the school because it was four yeah, schools. Right. And, you know, they was like, yo, we heard you DJing. We're like, yo, you should come do Chili Pepper. You should come do, you know, Esso's, you know, the, the early part, mm-hmm. open up for some. Yeah. And I started doing these these uh, clubs and I started getting recognized. Uh, they was coming to the cafeteria. I was DJing the cafeteria. I started all the cafeteria fights, by the way. Okay. <laughs> tear the club up. Naturally. Like, yo, oh, I, let yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. I let everybody eat. I play tear the club up. Dessert time. It's cakes over. everywhere. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> so, yeah. What, so. Uh, was it like a bit of a culture shock coming up from Philly down to Atlanta? And Definitely. even having a DJ too, like yeah. trying to maneuver through parties like I only know Northeast shit at that time. Yeah, it was definitely a culture shock because when I came down there, uh, I'm walking through the campus and you're seeing people coming through in old schools and stuff and they're hanging out the window mm. and they're staring at you. In Philly, that meant it was going down. Yeah, you know I mean, there it was like a, it was like almost like, you know, just love. They were showing love. Mm-hmm. So once I learned to like get over some of the stuff that was going on, like even the Southern comfort of people saying, "Yo, what's up?" I'm like, "What's up? What you mm-hmm. mean?" You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? yeah, it was different. Like, like I never been nowhere where I, I connected with people just based on walking down the street. And people are like, yo, what you do? You cool? Oh, let's exchange math or whatever. Like in Philly, that don't happen. You mm-hmm. walk in the store. You got to tell them what you want. It's like, right, how yeah. can I help you? Right. Yeah. Time, you know right. what I'm saying? So um, it was definitely a culture shock, especially with the music, because I got down there and they was like, bro, listen, we got a different vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Down mm-hmm. here. Like when I when I first got down there, I thought it was going to be booty shape. 
Mm-hmm. When I got down there, it was Master P and and um and Pastor Troy, Master mm. P. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that was like no more playing GA was like one of the first things. I'm like, damn, it's crazy down here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was gonna be time after time and Ghost Town yeah. DJs. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ain't really, you know, I ain't really stunned it too much, but I learned, you know, and adapted to their sound. You know what I mean? So you met uh, Drum. Yep. And then y'all decided that. All right, we really gonna do this music thing because mm-hmm. obviously y'all are close friends, family. Yep. Um, and the imprint and the impact that y'all have on the game now, the artists that y'all are working with now. Let's go to the, the beginning. The first artist where you was like, "All right, this is like a real deal. This is taking off. Like, we really about to make some noise in this game." Who was the first artist for you where you knew like, "All right, we really about to be respected on a different level now." For for the company standpoint, or the or the uh, for the company aspect, or the mixtape. Mixtape. Uh, so I went to school with Willie the Kid. I don't know if you yeah. know, right? Mm-hmm. I went to school with Willie the Kid and this kid named Detroit Red. And those are the first guys I was working with after, you know, a couple um, dorm room stints with you know, my freshman uh, uh, class. But they were the first people I felt like I couldn't explain what it was, but it's what the future now calls J. Cole mm-hmm. or they call... Kendra Lamar. That's mm-hmm. what I saw in them guys okay. first. Um, it was just so far, it was so far deep into hip hop. I don't think a lot of people understood. Mm-hmm. And where I was carrying it was like there's a little bit of underground and commercial in it. Like it still felt like mm-hmm. it didn't feel too mm-hmm. underground. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What was commercial at that time? Uh, what was commercial? Like 99. Uh, what was I playing in the club? Maybe Wait a Minute, Ray J. Uh, okay. You know, Jump off, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all that stuff. I think Loud was t- coming towards them, but they still have records out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those type of joints. Mm-hmm. You're just playing a lot of, you know, and you know, being there, we had these parties called the Lake Tex party. It was like Louisiana, Texas, mm-hmm. and it was versus New York. The New York had the other room was tri-state actually, so we were like honorable mention for Philly to be in a tri-state at that time, mm-hmm. and like you know the. The, the song selection was so different for us because we'd be playing Benjamins and all that. Yeah. And the Louisiana, Texas people would not come past the threshold to listen to any of that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But we would go over there because I'm like trying to hear the bounce. Like, oh, they playing like, you know, break it off. Yeah. You know, you know stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just, it, it was a different space. So bringing them up, it was just hard to break them mm-hmm. in those spaces. So I just kept it underground. We did tapes. We moved around. Mm-hmm. Which led to us uh, them doing, you know, doing some songs on the mixtapes. Me and Drum were doing, mm-hmm. which led to Generation Now, like 2003, where mm-hmm. we had like Jay Mills, mm-hmm. Kanye, and, and them guys on it. So they were the initial first artists okay. that I was rocking with. Um, it wasn't something part of uh, what me and Drum built and uh, Trendsetter built with the affiliates, mm-hmm. but it was basically like Canon Music. He got his own little thing going. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know, after a while, they just, you know, they was like, yo, I like Will, he dope. And then we moved into that, but that was our first artist. Okay. Yeah. Was there a natural progression in the duo with you and Drama as far as like, all right, Drama, you're going to be the more the face talking on mixtapes, uh, being the, the brand more or less. Did your personality naturally just want you to just kind of play the background on the producer DJ type role? Uh, not naturally because... I was a little, I was popular, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I was doing these clubs, like, uh, I always tell the stories about how I did, like, I was doing Shaq's parties, I was doing, 
I was DJing Whitney Houston birthday party. Wow. And, you know, AG, you know, Alice Giddywine was like the biggest promoter. And mm. he had a guy named Biddy, which was Cloud Nine. And me being the youngest in charge, I got a chance to do all those parties, like any big party, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing them, like, even if it was opening up, it was times where uh, they had club visions where you hear about the notorious BMF parties. Mm-hmm. And my um, next question. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was doing so many of the parties. And they had a room called the glass room, which really made I really made my name on another level. It was like the glass room was off to the left, and it just was people just wanted to chill and just be away from mm-hmm. the main crowd. And I would just be in my bag, just playing like you know B side cuts, mm-hmm. just joints, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. being in that room, people started coming to check, like, oh yeah, we want to be in the room. Then the, that room started getting too crowded, yeah. right, you know what right, I'm saying? And right. then they started like, yo, you killing the glass room? We want to put you on the main room and do this. Sometimes I closed on the main room, sometimes I didn't. So mm-hmm. yeah, gotcha. Well, I mean, speaking of BMF, I was going to bring that up since you were talking about parties and. Atlanta at that time. What was club culture like? Because obviously this BMF show, I mean, if you're into hip hop, you already knew about BMF to some degree. Mm-hmm. But I think the star show has definitely put them you was in, actually in a different, there. different light. Yeah, you yeah, was there. there. <laughs> and I feel like it's a bunch of people now you'll just see in interviews like, yeah, I was in Atlanta one weekend. And, yeah, nah. and, and now they're telling the BMF story yeah. on some of these YouTube platforms. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, so we went to one party and he's right. telling the whole Big Meech story. This right. is weird. Yeah. What yeah. was Atlanta really like with parties, club? everything BMF related party wise. It was incredible because it was love. Like we get, we get so much uh, flack in Atlanta about what BMF was. But what I remember it was, it was love. Like, Mm -hmm. like when I met Meech, he was always showing love. Yo, I love what you're doing, bro. Mm -hmm. I love everything that's going on. A lot of the team, a lot of people was there. They was coming to the clubs. It was just, everybody got a bottle. If I was DJing, I expect to get, uh, uh, Moet bottle right. I was killing the party like, right. I was going crazy yeah. and I was young so it was like that That type of um, that type of thing they just came to the parties and it was just like they was there and it was just it was fun bro mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. fun mm. a lot of superstars came down there to come to those parties and it was just dope um, I never got a chance there, there was always the notorious party that they had like the live animals and stuff like yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to do those parties because I think that they had their own DJ or whatever. Yeah. But like anything that had to do with like visions or those clubs where they came to, mm-hmm. I was, I was killing it. And you know, I was trying to make a name. So I was just trying to go as hard as I could mm-hmm. with the music just to get people hype. Mm-hmm. And I just remember them just being always showing love. Like, yo dog, you dope. I mean, if you look in this documentary now, I'm sure they've been passing around like, they mm-hmm. got a little clip of me DJing yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I was like opening up or closing, but um, yeah, it was just, it was fire. And that that era was great. What was me. the mixtape connection like with those parties? And I mean, obviously Jeezy was bubbling at that time with a connection to BMF. How were mixtapes tied into those parties? Was shit actually being broke from mixtapes at parties in Atlanta at that time? Or is it still like, if it's not mainstream, it's not going to be played at a club unless it's Jeezy with Meech. <laughs> if 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 I had to go there, I would say that me and, well, at that time, Drum wasn't really doing clubs. Yeah. He was just, he was torn. Mm-hmm. He was doing mixtapes. I was in the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trendsetter, our other partner, he was in a club. Mm-hmm. I was playing stuff off the mixtape because I knew they knew it. Yeah. You know okay. I, mean? I knew the yeah. crowd knew, like yeah. I could play something off of T.I. Down with the King mm-hmm. or uh, Trapper Die because they knew it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I would do that like 
And that would be like that one. He'd be like, oh, like I stopped yeah. the crowd and just play. Mm -hmm. I'm back, Mr. Magic City. And mm -hmm. then the whole crowd be like, I can't believe he played this. That's yeah. how I made my name. Okay. Mm -hmm. Breaking those records, running it back like, ho, 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 ho. Yeah. You know where y'all at right now? Y'all in yeah. the house. And I'm playing that joint. You know uh -huh. what I mean? So I think I was one of the people that um, that did, did started that with the mixtape part, you know? Is that how, so the uh, just... The whole Jeezy situation, because you had, you did some of my favorite joints on the album, Circulate, Go Crazy. Yeah. Um, That relationship from being in the club, is that how that was able to happen for you to produce those records? No. Nah, uh, actually, when I stayed in, <laughs> I was staying in a dorm uh, and I was, I got kicked out of school, but people loved me so much. They thought I was in school. So I actually had a room okay. at one of the joints for like a half a semester. And then I got kicked out the second semester. Uh -huh. Um. He used to ride by um, and come see some peoples up there at the dorm. And a couple of times he just was like, he heard, you know, I had some beats or whatever. He saw me make, he's like, yo, I want some beats, da, 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 but it never happened. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a couple of times after that, uh, Coach K mm -hmm. uh, came around and was working with me and Drum. He was like one of our early, like, motivators going with the mixtapes because he would help us, mm -hmm. you know, get the artists that we need sometimes. He had a group called Jadis. And um, and we were just, you know, we were working with him. He was close. I think he might have managed this a couple for a short time. Yeah. Mm. Um, or just helped us, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and he brought it to drama. Yo, I got the street cat. He dope, bro. And that's how it happened. We met him before that, but then going to the club and we just had that synergy. Yeah. I just continued to play those records and kind of built them up through, you know, the club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you remember any of the like? The TM 101 sessions or the Trap or Die sessions with Jeezy. Yeah, I remember all of them. Yeah, so I'll Any tell you. Any moments stick out? Um, I'll tell you, uh, Streets is Watching was the first joint that was in my apartment. I used okay. to live in uh, Cheshire Bridge. She came through and did, you know, the joint in the apartment. Mm. Uh, second one was uh, Trap or Die, which was also, we did our part in my apartment. You know what I mean? He Great. came wow. through, listened to it. Um, and I just know he, he, he started to... Uh, gain my trust in basically me helping certain pieces that his engineering didn't do. Mm -hmm. Like it was some parts where uh, they left some breaths in some certain spots. I would take some breaths out or just add, like I was all about intricate little yeah. pieces, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think he, he saw that and then we just bonded. Um, I always tell the story about how Go Crazy happened. It was on T.I.'s mixtape first as a freestyle. And at Jeezy's party, I played it at the end. When the lights came on, I played like eight, nine times. And he stepped to me like, yo, what's up with that beat? I was like, you can have it. T.I. <laughs> yeah. just freestyled on it. Mm. And that was the start of the relationship, really. He started, he started saying, yo, come through Patchwork. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Come check me out. And I used to just go pop up, pop up. Um, and you know, my, my path was a little interesting because everybody was using an NPC at the time. Mm -hmm. And anybody out there is watching and knowing that the MPC locked up with Pro Tools so well, mm -hmm. but I used the ASR and it would not lock up. So mm -hmm. I'd be in there, you know, looking like the amateur trying to get stuff to lock up with the engineer. And it, you know, when I when I talked about it, uh, it was based on what that machine did. But now that I look at it, it was like that enabled me to stay there longer because the process was longer. So mm. I was able to be a part of other things that was going on. Like, yeah, wow. oh, let me add to that beat or let me help you with this or, you know, whatever it was. So now that I look at it, it was like, oh, that was supposed to happen mm -hmm. for me to be around longer, mm -hmm. you know, in a session. And not to get too nerdy, but the ASR at that time with Atlanta music, I feel like 
was unheard of outside of like dungeon family stuff. Yeah, Who yeah. Was using an ASR. Yeah, I mean, it was an ASR in the NPC. Mm. They would lock it up so it could, you know, yeah, be what it is. But I didn't have that ability. Mm. I ain't had an NPC. That's so interesting. interesting, though. Like just that part of the story, like because you're using a machine, it causes you to be in the studio longer, stay around longer, and now it falls into other songs and and producing and things like that. Yep. The game now where it's at today, how much of your journey do you remember from the beginning where you see young cats now in the game and you like, everything happens for a reason. Take your time. Slow down. Like, it's all part of it. Because a lot of dudes these days, everybody's in a rush to blow and, and have their record out and things like that. But yep. things like that is what makes the journey on the on the back end worth it. It's 1, like thousand percent that using ASR, you know, now I got to be here longer because it doesn't line up with the pro tools. And, but now for me being here, we fall into another record. A lot of cats these days, everybody's in a hurry. Everybody want to get their song streaming. Everybody yep. want to be on tour. And it's like, bro, you just laid your first record last night. Mm, like, right. Slow down. So the generation now, because I do think that, you know, the younger cats, they have things that we didn't really have as far as like technology and, and social media is, is, is different ways to access uh, people all around the world, which I think is a great thing if you utilize it the right way. But how much would you tell the younger guys to like be patient and just, you know, relax and take your time with the craft? Because there is a beauty in, you know, taking your time with your skill instead of trying to hurry up and just become the next big thing. Uh, so it's, it's a 50 50 for me because, you know, now that I've been speaking a little bit more about um, we being on borrowed time, yeah, uh, I would like to people. I would like for people to dedicate themselves fully into their craft mm -hmm. while they have the time. Mm -hmm. And taking the time is almost a bad word sometimes because we look up and so much stuff is happening now. People are getting killed. People mm -hmm. are dying natural death. People are going away. People are losing things. Mm -hmm. So I want them to be as precious with their craft as possible mm -hmm. and that's how i explain time but i really want people not to rush mm -hmm. but just know that hey man focus some people focus on everything else and miss the mark mm -hmm. and then time happens mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i want people to actually uh just dedicate most of the time for me growing up i had some issues with uh people telling me I weren't going to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in high school, they were like, yeah, man, go to the army. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, you ain't going to be, no, you're going to be dead in jail. And that's like, when I hear other rappers say that from the nineties, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like I relate. Yeah. People think it's a myth. Like yeah. we literally go to school and our counselors and teachers was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, college, right. You're going to college. Right. Musician. Right. Stop it. Right. What's a dream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even our parents and our, and our, our family members, what's a dream. You know, go get a job. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like I had a I had a problem with that. So I, I would stay focused on my goal 24-7. People were like, yo, let's go to movies. Let's go drink. Let's go hang out. No. I wanted to focus. I mm -hmm. was just always focused. I never had time to do none of the extras when mm -hmm. I was, was doing it. So I feel like some of the youngins need to do that. You know, I was talking about being in Philly, and I spoke to this young, and he was 17. He was like, yo, everybody telling me I got enough time, relax, and all that. And I just told him, bro, you don't. Mm. You don't, you don't borrow time right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a race against time. I'm mm -hmm. trying to create as much history and as much uh, family engagement as I can, mm -hmm. you know, before, you know, time is up. How, how have those conversations 
going with, I mean, because again, with the Jeezy's, TIs, you guys were all around the same age. You were coming up, growing up together, more or less, in your 20s. Yep. How have those conversations been with Uzi and Jack as far as time? Or just anyone on Generation Now in this era? Uh, with Uzi, he always fights against time. Mm-hmm. If you know, he's doing, I always mention he's doing 700 songs a year mm-hmm. or in 18 months. Yeah. However you want to put it, I'll give you a gauge. I'm, I may be exaggerating saying mm-hmm. 12 months. I may mm-hmm. say 18 months. Right? Yeah. To see in my computer, I have 560 songs new and probably 700 old songs. Yeah. Know? On a, mm. You know, to the to the scammers and fans out there, hey man, <laughs> don't try to hack my shit. Yeah, they'll try. Uh, but Go just ahead. just for you know general purposes, um, that right there lets me know that he's he he knows what time it, it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, he knows it. what time it is. Uh, Jack is a little bit more methodical. Um, he he thinks about everything everything's strategic he does certain things he has stuff on his hard drive that he doesn't bounce i will not get a copy of yeah um and you know some of them so i see i see two sides of it with them i see one person that's like rapidly doing stuff but very strategic and then you know i see another guy that takes his time very strategic and you know and does these things you know in a in a great space do you think that comes from them just being different culturally uh, I feel like it could be that, but I also feel like there's different uh, goal thought process. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, Uzi will go black mm-hmm. for a year and just work, or just not drop for two years because he's mm-hmm. trying to work on things. He's going through. He wants to touch each piece. Mm-hmm. So, like, he may go through a goth stage. He may go through. Uh, a rock stage, you may yeah. go through a real rap stage. It's these stages are building him as an artist. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that has to have a you know they had you can't put a timeline on it. Like right. That's a time limit. You know what I mean? Well, even uh, to Maul's question there, like two drastically different artists, but two great representations of new hip hop in a completely different way. Yeah. Where does that ear even fall that you could see a young Uzi and be like, that makes sense now and see Jack and say that makes sense now? Because I think a lot of labels, for the most part, have artists that are very similar in sound and it yeah. works because that's where their brain works. Like, yeah. we're going to get a bunch of Uzis mm-hmm. or right. do our best to. Right. Or we're going to get a bunch of Jacks and do our best to do that. Right. Those Where's are, the separation with Generation Now that you could have two totally different artists? Yeah, well, we really... Jumped into the name of Generation Now. Really, that's yeah. first and foremost. Second mm-hmm. and foremost, I'm really a I'm really a person of not duplicating the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And once we make a big enough stamp with yeah. this, it's time to move on and make it in this area mm-hmm. because talent comes in different phases and different types of people. So I wouldn't dare sign another Uzi. Or yeah, yeah, dare yeah. sign another yeah. Jack. I wouldn't dare sign another Seti or Sunny Digital. Mm-hmm. Those guys are one on ones. Uh, we do see in the business where I get emails all the time. It's like, hey, we're looking for a song like Money yeah. Longer. Yeah, <laughs> we're right. looking for a song like, Uzi, like you know, <laughs> First <laughs> yeah. Class. Yeah. You know how many emails I get about that a day. It's right. like, yo, can but, we get a First Class? Like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm uh, saying? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go cook, cook yeah. up one right now. Do you think a lot of that comes from in your early years moving from Philly to Atlanta so you just have a, a broader ear than I think most yes, people? 1,000%. Because, you know, it took me... Later in my life, to even know you and drama was from Philly. Yeah, that, and I don't mean that in a way like I just assumed you can tell because by the cuts. so much of the Atlanta. You can tell by the cuts. 
the in retrospect now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just assumed, you know, it was all the music that was coming out of Atlanta. I just assumed that. Yeah. And then to find out y'all was from Philly, I was like, that makes them even doper to be able to move to a city like Atlanta and move around and find that talent and develop that talent to the way that you have. So, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because now that I look at it, yeah, us being from somewhere else, it gives us different point of views like, okay, we could do this and then change and do this. You yeah. know what I mean? So that, that's interesting that you mentioned and that. But being from Philly, y'all pay attention to more lyri- lyrical shit. Yes. Yeah. Spitters. Yes. And then moving to the South, it's more soul. It's that yeah. bass. It's that, you know, even the, the sound systems in the cars are different in the South. Well, that's, that's, that's one point about the actual label itself. Everybody that we've picked up have a music background to where they really know how to rap. Mm-hmm. Each and every one of them that we signed, mm-hmm. that's the basis. Mm-hmm. Like Uzi came from rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? They and tell he still story. shows it. Every now yeah. and then he'll show you he can still rap. <laughs> yeah, they tell the story about how he's he was in ciphers and you know somebody called him, yo, you rap like a Uzi. That yeah. came from a yeah. cipher. Yeah. So that's a rap. So he understands that. You mm-hmm. know, Jack comes from that. He started 13, 12 years old being a rapper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the that's what this is. That's, that's the, the foundation. Point, yeah. You know what I mean? And then we move into whatever stardom comes from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's that's an interesting point. But they all come from rap. And I think we noticed that from being Northern and we're like, yo, you have to have that. You have to have that mm-hmm. in yeah. order to be anything. So I think that's what we look for first. Can they rap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Has the, the approach been different personality-wise? Uh, just dealing with them I'm, I'm kind of into the conversation of, of time and change and dealing with younger people these kids are, are a little bit I don't know if it's something in the food I don't know if it's a fentanyl these kids <laughs> is fucking crazy <laughs> it's definitely like fentanyl. I don't know I don't know what I don't really know what it is it could be the steroids and the chicken I yeah. have no idea yeah, but, chicken sandwich but for sure. myself included I am one of those kids that is just a little off here and there what's yeah. that been like because again going from atlanta dealing with i think those personalities were erratic but predictable to some degree you yeah. kind of knew how maybe a jeezy or someone like jeezy would react to certain conversations how you would move with him yep these kids i feel like no matter what is a, a shot in the dark of how they're going to react to anything what's that been like with even uzi we don't i don't know him personally but yeah going off what he's even put out there um he seems I, left I, I can say this I could say that creatives have a are a constant thinking mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're always looking to evolve. You're never going to stay in the same spot. So there's always going to be this outlandish feel from somebody older like me. It's like, why'd you do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was one of the first people when, uh, just take Uzi for instance, when he tatted his face, I was like, bro, you're never going to be on Jimmy Fallon. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, looked yeah. at me like- Bro, what are you talking about? Yeah. I said, bro, do not tap your forehead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meanwhile, that yeah. helps to get on Fallon now. Yeah. Bro, yeah. It's, you know, 40, 50 tats later, it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? So uh, that was something I, I had to get over and didn't understand. I understand most of it, but some of the stuff was like, hey, we're building. What are you doing? You yeah. Know what I mean? So you, you start to see where artists just keep changing, evolving. And we could all say, hey, all these artists are crazy. We yeah. can say that. But again, it's the creative thinking mind that uh, allows them to move like that. And if we don't allow them to move through that, we don't get uh, the best possible artists we can get. Did it it make you uncomfortable when everything now is on Front Street? Like, I mean, I know you guys and Uzi are are great now, but there's been 
tweets and like shit that was put out and like we see it with SZA and Punch and it's just become the business to Emotions. put all your business on front street. Emotions. Yeah. Like the things that maybe you and drama would have kept internal throughout the years. Yeah. People would never know. Now it's like, yeah, it's, it's not, tough. not a rollout per se, but it's part it of helps. being <laughs> it helps. on these sub labels and labels where it's like, well, let's, let's tweet about the owners. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have one goal in mind and, um, and it's funny that this is coming up. Um, my reputation had been that I was keeping the peace for so much with, you know, artists, even inside or outside the label. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. My thing is uh, I'm so in tune with what the actual business of things could be mm-hmm. that I'm focused on no nonsense. I don't want to talk about nothing. I want to do my end result on whatever, how I move mm-hmm. is to get this to be a $400 million company yeah. because that's the business of it. Mm. You know what I mean? We're getting the history, but anything we're doing, uh, I'm trying to get to the best possible history and um, valuation of the company. Yeah. And when you get involved with the nonsense of it, of course, you would have something doubt on your mind on a back burner that your reputation as a company could go bad, mm-hmm. or your represent, uh, you know, your reputation as a person could go bad. But I feel like when you get to a certain space, you're like, "Hey, I'm not willing to sacrifice this building that we're on. This we built to a 76 floor, get teared down by what's going on or floating in the mm-hmm. in the industry or on Twitter." Mm-hmm. So when I look at it, it's like, "Hey." To react would be like my first reaction because it's like my pride is telling me, man, you're not going to play me out like that. But yeah. my thought process is like, hey, man, I built a great business. What, mm-hmm. are, what am I even yeah. trying to like accomplish here by going back and forth with anybody? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get to the next level. That's all I'm concerned with. I'm not concerned with any rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about rap early and we we're talking about, yo, this person did this in a personal. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Me and him argue. You know, yeah. We argue about Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And not once did we talk about. The, <laughs> don't no, don't no, get no. him started. No, no, no. He's boiling. I can, I can feel his, him his shaking blood. right now. His entire body is shaking. <laughs> I'm, cool. I'm cool. But, but um, I'm a different man today. We, we, us three, we built a great relationship <laughs> yeah. like that. And, you know, we know how to stay in a space. But yeah. um, what I'm getting at is. With Michael Jordan in our conversations, we never once went into what Mike was as a person. We kept it basketball yeah, right. or, or whatever right. he thought basketball right. terms. Yeah, right. So I don't want to ever get in Twitter and be like, well, this person's acting up. Yeah. I don't get to the, the, the point of where I got to defend myself. Like, I'm not going to go to Breakfast Club and right. do a, uh, yeah. yo, this would really happen interview. Yeah. Like me coming here and- was a was a a, a brotherhood thing yeah. for mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. even us talking about hanging out mm-hmm. in the city, it's different from me coming up here and, di- and trying to defend that you guys say I only like two artists. That's not me. That's not what I'm here for. But I think I think it's changed too, uh, with not only age, but you went from being the artist producer DJ, yeah, face of that movement. Now you are the leader, elder, and label owner. Yeah. Where even if you want to go back, let's say one of your artists goes on Twitter and just kills your character, everything. It's not your job to defend your yeah, character. You thousand percent. It's yeah. to defend your company, which includes defending that person that's now talking shit about you because they are on your label. It yeah. becomes completely different. And that's why I guess it is weird sometimes when 
the heads of labels would go on and do interviews to defend them. So I'm like, you're not an artist. You're, yeah. you're not even protecting your brand. You're actually now discrediting part of your brand, which Everything is your you artist. For. Yeah. How, how does that it's conversation not, with Uzi go after not, that? Well, I'm going to get into that. It's sniping your, it's sniping your stocks. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'm just going to mess my stock game up. Yeah, other artists <laughs> like, are like, yo, I'm not going over there. It's a yeah. little crazy. Yo. That hurts. But. What was crazy, uh, did you guys see the clip that leaked, quote unquote, of SZA backstage at SNL? I didn't. Mm-mm. She was, I think, in between rehearsals in one of the green rooms and was arguing like, listen, I, I did my part. I gave you guys the masters, the artwork. Everything is done. I'm not waiting anymore. I don't care about holiday. We already had this conversation. Mm-hmm. This album is coming out. Yep. And you know, just naturally with SZA fans, they all go and kill Punch because that's just been like the, the Twitter yeah. thing. And Punch, I think, replied, and don't quote me, he's like, I put that clip out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it's, I want y'all I, to see that. My, I'm here for SZA. Her maybe shitting on me or me looking nuts or whatever does not matter. My brand is her. Mm-hmm. Like TDE is SZA. As long as SZA looks good and SZA is happy and SZA makes great music, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You get real narcissistic when it's like, well, let me go defend Punch. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> it's I, like, no, my job is to make sure SZA gets this out the best way possible. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go take a masterclass with Punch. <laughs> punch. I'm about to take a masterclass with you, man. Oh, Punch, when it comes to that, yeah. that Twitter world and, and yeah. politics, oh, he plays that SZA game. Yeah. He'd yeah. be playing those fans like, you're a piece of shit. He's like, I know. I, this is, I yeah. did this purposely. Yeah. I, I made myself the bad guy. Guys, yeah. So SZA never has to be the bad guy. Exactly. Wow, that's <laughs> exactly. a great way to put yeah, it. You know, Punch yeah. is a genius when it's, yeah. it's come to the SZA. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm at with it. I mean, you know, anything for our company, our history to grow, man. We put too much stuff in here, and again, you're always gonna have family moments. Yeah. yeah. Oh, never it is. Yeah. You're always gonna have family moments. It's a always, weird family if it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if everything is like itty gritty, like hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you're going to have those moments, but I'm happy that we have them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm happy that we can fight through them. Mm-hmm. For a long time, again, I would suppress things because I would play like the Spider-Man and try to figure or like, yeah. you know, try to figure out, oh, I could keep this here and I can make this work yeah. to protect this. And the, yep. now it's just kind of like, man, I'm 43 years old. I'm able to speak my mind within taste and yeah. just keep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And do what I want. It feels better. Mm-hmm. I used to didn't want to feel anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to feel any pain. I didn't want to feel yeah. uh, somebody getting bent out of shape about what's, what I'm saying or how I'm moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not bent out of shape no more because right. I'm, I'm pure in what mm. I'm trying to do. Mm. It has nothing to do. Even if it was a tool was used that might not fit what you thought I was as a person, mm. I used it for the better being. So that's what I'm on. Yeah, and suppressing all that gets you more yeah. out of shape, I feel like. <laughs> for sure. You're trying to hide this, protect this. Like that's, for sure. That makes you feel worse, I feel like. For sure. For I sure. saw an interview with uh, Rick Rubin on 60 Minutes, and um, he said something on there that, like, I really had to stop. I was like, that's it. He said, I don't, I'm not a music guy. I don't know how to play instruments. I don't know anything about any of this equipment. He said, I just have s- supreme confidence in my taste. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like when I have supreme confidence in my taste and I don't like something, I'm a hater. Yeah. <laughs> but if Rick Rubin doesn't like something, it's like he's this guru who's like, okay, we got to go fix did it. You, did you, Rick, uh, it's not good. Did you see the meme that was going around after that? No. It said, I see y'all posting that Rick Rubin clip. That taste thing doesn't apply to you. Yeah, like, it's, but 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 that's, that's a real thing though. Like, no, as facts. an A and R, right? Mm-hmm. You you know when something feels good. Yep. You could tell what the climate is uh, in the culture. You could tell, you know, you was DJing in clubs. You know how people are feeling, what type of frequency they react to. So you know when you hear something is like, oh yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that is a thing, like taste and and being able to identify what's good. Yep. 
that is a real thing. So when Rick Rubin said it, I was like, damn, that's so profound. Like to just put it like that. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't know about any of this equipment stuff. Right. Right. But I know when something feels good, when it sounds good and it's like, this is it. Yeah. Most importantly, what I took from that too was again, going back to our conversation about the creative mind and how it floats. Mm. Um, a lot of the creatives, uh, may sit on 200 songs and not put something out. Somebody know, has to know how to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So what I took from it was like, hey, in those situations, I'm the person that says, hey, we can pull the trigger on this music. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're floating. You you don't know what's going on. You want to play it. Now you want to change it. You want, I'm the one with the taste that says, hey, let's pull the trigger. Let's mm -hmm. get this song out. Mm -hmm. And I respect him even saying that because for many years, again, a lot of us that are behind the scenes don't get our story told. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, you guys were behind the scenes for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I was behind the scenes. We don't get a chance to tell our story. So the first thing we think of Rick, uh, Rick Rubin through history is that, one, he was a producer. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Two, one he was this great mogul. Mm -hmm. And he's telling you, hey, all the stuff y'all think about me, I'm not that. Right. I'm yeah. the person with the taste. I'm right. the person with, I have a, I know how to make a decision. Right. Us in the music business are undecided a lot of times. We don't know what's going overthinkers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's the one who did, and we need those. I, I wish a couple more people was like, hey man, yeah, look, I really don't make no beats. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I lied so to you. Like, I really so, don't make no beats. That was so real to hear that. Yeah. Were you at the Jeezy and Gucci versus? No. I was not. Why? I watched it from Smart the theater. Yeah. My home. <laughs> um, As someone that that was not only lived that era, was a prominent figure in Atlanta at that time. What, yeah. what was it like? Um, for one, I was going through a little bit uh, on a personal level, trying to figure out where the, the world was healthy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't that I believed so much in COVID or anything like that. I just felt like at the time, it wasn't healthy to be around a lot of people. Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a germaphobe, but I was. I'm definitely in a space where um, I always had hand sanitizer before this even oh, yeah. happened. Absolutely, uh, I always washed my hand when somebody shook my hand. It's just I was always I had this phobia of being sick, man. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I just that was number one. Uh, number two, I felt the same way with locks, dipset, and I regret it. Uh, what? Oh, Not you were there. Everybody got sick. No, it was a, it was like right at that peak COVID, but people were starting to go outside. I was like, nah, it's too many people right now. Yeah. And I should have just done that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would have been a fun one. I mean, yeah. the Jeezy Gucci too, uh, was still the 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 energy around it still felt a little warm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just <laughs> yeah. felt like no, it, it was, was hot. It wasn't warm. <laughs> yeah. It was hot. yeah. We felt yeah. that shit watching it. I was like, I don't know if we going somebody might go down tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it, and and then you know I have this thing where I like to call it before it happens. It's like, hey, I'm gonna stay home, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, again, I spent many of my times just in bad positions, and you know, and dodged a lot of BS. Mm -hmm. So I've learned for those. I learned from those uh, mistakes, mm -hmm. but. Not that I, I felt I wanted to say on the record, like, oh, it's going to go down tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not where I was at. I was basically like, number one, stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Two, um, watch it from afar and enjoy it. And yeah. I felt like if I was there, I probably wouldn't enjoy it You're as too much. entrenched in it. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. was there. I probably was watching surroundings. Yeah. I couldn't mm -hmm. be comfortable. Yeah. It was just a lot of things that um, 
I cherished by watching it at the house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. there. I heard songs that I was involved yeah. in while I was around. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, that, uh, it also gave me a, a great You was yelling at the TV? Like, I was. Jeezy, play this one. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'll give you a, I'll give you a cheat. You uh, was texting uh, You was texting the DJ? No, but beforehand, <laughs> um, me and Jeezy always had these strategy conversations. We call every okay. once in a while. Um, and we just had one. He's doing a symphony that's going to be fire. Mm. Uh, we just talked about how he could make the show better mm. moving forward. He's mm-hmm. just a student, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, before the verses came out, I plucked out some songs that I felt like he should have done. Okay. Um, and we put him, we just put him in the pot. I think he reached out to drama as well. But, you know, when it comes to that, we really confide in each other about um, the next step when he's doing these shows, what mm-hmm. he should perform, how he should perform yeah. it. Do we think we should do this? Mm-hmm. And we had that type of relationship. So I think that we picked those songs. And, you know, he's in a different space. And it took it took a lot as a man and an artist to not turn into that dude that he very well could be. Yeah. yeah. Being mad mm-hmm. on what somebody's going to say. Mm-hmm. He anticipated it. He knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, he knew that some of the stuff he, that uh, they were dissing each other about was pivotal. Yeah. And that's where everybody wanted to hear. Yeah. So he had to deal with it. But I felt like he handled it right. And his showmanship showed through it. Yeah. Um, what I learned through it was um I never really got into Gucci's catalog because I was so caught into Jeezy Tip and mm-hmm. all that. And later in my years, so first and foremost in the club, you can't deny not playing Gucci Man. Oh, right. He had sure. some smacks. Got especially, <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? He had right. some smacks. Yeah. Uh but um I wasn't really like I didn't pick up a tape and just you okay. know listen. Yeah. yeah. But all the youngins around me was all Gucci. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I learned from that. But watching that, it made me realize, like, dude is really one of those guys from the South that needs to be respected, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. One of the best A&Rs ever, too. Yeah, and um, and that's what I got from that. And that's why I wanted to watch it. I didn't yeah. want to wa- be there and be in the battle. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to watch it like, oh, crazy. I love how he did that. Mm-hmm. I love the way him and Zaytoven had so many hits together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, That allowed me to feel better about that, but still didn't want to be there. I like the yeah. fact that uh, <laughs> a while later he did an interview. I think it was with Elliot. Uh, it might have been Rap Radar when Gucci sat down and he he spoke about when um he brought up the whole, you know, thing with Jeezy's homeboy dying mm-hmm. in the midst of their feud and their beef. And he said, he you know, he regretted doing that. Yep. Like he was like, you know, looking back, he was like, you know, it was just unnecessary and I shouldn't have did it. Like, to me, that was dope to hear Gucci say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, after, you know, because in the battle, it's a battle. Yep. But at the end of it, it's like, you know, we all black men, we all have a certain respect for each other. Being from the same city, I'm sure. Yep. That, you know, even though it was a, a feud and it was bump bump of heads, as grown pause. men now, pause. <laughs> as grown, as, no, that was crazy. As grown men, though, like you know, years later, it's like we're married, we have children. Yep. It's like, yes, it was a battle, but that part was unnecessary. Yeah. Well, most people don't talk about too is when you have time alone. Yeah. By yourself. Yeah. It's the most honest you could be mm-hmm. with yourself, mm-hmm. and when you're by yourself, you start saying, "Man, that beef right there." Stop me from making this much money. Mm-hmm. I'm this great of an AR. I stopped myself from making history. Mm-hmm. Like, as for as many artists that Gucci Man put on, I feel like if he was able to do that from the beginning, mm-hmm. 
Holmes would have been very well in the talks of, you know, some of the people that made bigger companies like, yeah. and still is by the right. way, but the babies and the people that made these huge empires, I feel like it, 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 I, at some point he probably was like, man, I wasn't able to, uh, I wasn't able to see a lot of that mm-hmm. based on what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, he, he, he was a trendsetter in a bunch of spots, bro. Oh, the chains, <laughs> The Bar Simpson chain, like, bro did his thing. Yeah. But I feel like going through those trials and tribulations helped him get to this moment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But if he was like, oh, if he sat back and that didn't happen, we be he'd be in there, he'd be in that convo for yeah, sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he's still fighting for that space, but we all know now he's the guy. Oh, yeah. Like he's on the Supreme Tea. He's got the biggest Supreme Tea. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what Pitchfork thinks of him, but yeah. Well, Pitchfork is an interesting, <laughs> interesting platform. Uh, they put out something. Uh, was it last two days ago? It was a few ago? days ago. Uh, uh, Ice Spice. Ice Spice. Shout out to Ice Spice again. Anybody from the Bronx, I'm rooting for them. So shout mm-hmm. out to Ice Spice. Her uh, her EP was projected to do fifteen thousand, I think, something like that, fifteen mm-hmm. k, uh, which is a to me is a win for her. It's a very short, thirteen minutes, six songs. Two of the songs, I think we already two or three of the records we already heard. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. The whole thing is 13 minutes? 13 It's a little EP. It's a little EP. Six six tracks, 13 minutes. How do you feel about that? 15K first week. It's the future, man. I, I mean, 13 know. minutes? Yeah. Quick. I mean, six if you songs? look at it, songs yeah. right now rarely go past two so minutes and 30 seconds. That on top okay. of it Probably being an average EP. of two minutes and 10 seconds each song. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 13 minutes flat. That means that the attention span of the youngins is like... Of course. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yikes. Streaming era shit has to be around. These niggas minutes. is on fentanyl. They falling asleep, man. These <laughs> niggas are, they doped up. <laughs> they popping pills and ah, smoking. How funny. much shit are you on, sir? Like, <laughs> what are you t- trying to do to your body? Ah, you want to yeah. go to sleep or wake up? Long, longest record on it is two minutes, 39 seconds. And that's, mm. you know, obviously a, a big Mario Wines sample. So... That that carried a lot of it, yeah. and then you have a, a little TJ feature. But other than that, the shit is like a minute forty six, two minutes. Nothing goes past that. I guess a verse and two hooks. Get out of That's there. That's it. Yeah. Get out yeah. of there. But I mean, according to Pitchfork, mm. same as Mr. Morale. They mm. rated, if not better. I mean, I think Ice Spice should have been a little higher than um, Mr. Morale than Kendrick's album. Yeah, I mean, seven six. I felt was a little low for for the Queen Spice, but Mr. Morale being at the same. Uh, same yeah. category. Obviously, that album came out a year ago. How um, long is the uh, Kendrick Mr. Morab? Two days long. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lifetime. Yeah, that's just it's a two lifetime. days long. Wait, the heart part five might be longer than Ice Spice's entire album. It might be. It might be. It, was, <laughs> it might be nine it's minutes. Close. Yeah, I it's think close. it's nine minutes. Yeah. Nine minutes. Yeah. 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 So Pitchfork rate, uh, rated Ice Spice's EP a 7.6. Uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Step- Steppers, they rated a 7.6. And then I saw that, uh, honestly, never mind, they rated a 6.6. And then uh, the, the, the 21 Savage and Drake album, what's the name of that one? I forget. Her Loss. Her Loss. And they rated Her Loss a 6.4. Um, again, Pitchfork, they put these things out, these platforms put these things out, and I, it's obviously to engage people and get people riled up in the comments and yeah, it's troll. Their it's opinions. definitely Troll City. It's Troll City. Uh, I mean... That doesn't make any sense, bro. First and foremost... Well, isn't Pitchfork supposed to be like the fucking hipster... Uh, 
It was supposed musical, to be. like yeah, one fucking point, integrity shit. It was supposed like to I be. feel like Mr. Morale to them would have been a fifteen if mm-hmm. it only goes up to ten. In Ice Spice, they would have been like, "Ugh, how dare you?" Yeah, what, even what, get what fucks re- me recording up about equipment. It is, it's we're on the scale ten, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're in the scale ten, and th- those three albums for Ice Spice's EP is rated higher it's than a seven, Drake's six. last three albums, right? And the last three, yo, that's wild, bro. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's why, so wild so, to me. So we know we we can we can know we we understand what's happening here. This is to this is to engage people. People want to be outraged in the comments. Let them have fun. Yeah. Repost this. Send this to everybody. Like look at what Pitchfork is saying. But I mean, at some point, I understand what clickbait is and what wanting to engage the audience is, but. I mean, come on, bro. We gotta, we gotta be just a little more, have a little more integrity than this. Yeah, you at least gotta do her loss in them. Like, you gotta get it closer to ten. Her loss like, is definitely not yeah. a six point four. Yeah, bro. Like, I what's mean, going we on here? honestly never mind. People had mixed reviews about that. I thought that was a really dope project. It was dope. I like that project right, a lot. Dope. Let Let me try to, I don't know, find a debate here. <laughs> Pitchfork being uh, this fucking progressive hipster Williamsburg Greenpoint. That's what this East, is? East Williamsburg, Bushwick oh. type of blog at this point. Mm-hmm. I feel like Ice Spice is, is pushing the sound forward, no? She's a new artist. Like, we've heard some a lot of shit that's on her loss. That's yesterday's news. We've heard those those sonics. <laughs> Ice Spice is push, pushing the culture forward. We never heard nothing like Ice Spice. Mm, okay. So you just, you're not looking at it that way. I'm not. You're right. <laughs> um, I'm looking at it. I'm just definitely not looking at it that way. But listen, I have never heard it either, so. I'm just listening to music, and uh, again, I'm, I'm I'm happy that Ice Spice is, you know, she moved the unit she did, uh, but we just talking about just music. Again, you know, back to Rick, Rick Rubin thing, I just have supreme confidence in my taste. Yeah. I don't think that her loss is a 6.4. Yeah, I my my ears and and my my soul didn't say it. that's a six point four. I, had I mean, not for eye. nothing. I had an argument mm-hmm. uh, three weeks ago about Ice Spice, and I was like, bro, I always thought that she could be the person moving forward. I just felt like she had those star qualities to be on MTV Awards, presenting mm-hmm. award, mm-hmm. and doing certain things. And I think that's a big. That's good for them to say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's pushing what I'm oh. saying forward. Yeah. I'm not mad. I, I can at, win the argument and get my money. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad Pitchfork is giving her because I think seven six is still a, a good rating. That's just too low though, bro. Like we could at least But to put it at the same as Mr. Morale is a little Yeah. So if we were going five mics, what's Mr. Morale to you? <sighs> we're going five mics, Mr. Morale, uh four. Four mics. I'm four and a half. I, yeah, I got it higher than four, four for sure. I don't know if it, I, I don't know if I can say four and a half yet. What for? Okay. Mr. Morale. It has had a lot more replay value than I thought it would. Yeah. I was, that was my only fear of it. I was like, this is incredible. Not sure how much I'm going to go back to this because it puts me in a mood or whatever. I've listened to that album nonstop. It right. hasn't really left rotation since it came out. That is a, this, it's just the way the entire, the, the sequencing, um, everything just flows. I, I know when it's, when it, when it came out, we reviewed it. And to me, it's an audio book. Yeah. It just sounds like you're sitting down listening to a book and somebody's right. just giving you different chapters and, and the sound bed behind it and things like that. Like I that's to me, Mr. Morale and Big Step is, is well, one of the best albums I ever heard. I think Pitchfork actually puts it perfect as far as Mr. Morale. Each line can feel like an intrusive thought untethered to a central theme. Like when said, How can I lose if I'm already chose? With if not party lit, I'd rather not go. Halfway through Bikini Bottom. Oh, wait, this is the Ice Spice review. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was I, was re- say, I was reading the wrong review. I'm like, I'm sorry. Wait, what the fuck <laughs> is that? Yeah, like, what? Uh, that's lost. the Ice Spice review. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I'll what just... central theme is the ice spice shit? Is it not like an overcorrection of wokeness? Do you guys feel like it just doesn't seem authentic when I read these things? It's like for years it's been male dominated. It's all guys, guys. Is it not just like when I sent it in the group chat, I genuinely meant it. Like, is this not just too far? Oh, you're saying because she's a woman and because you're misogynistic. A hundred percent. And this is why you're a munch. Uh, But it's like, come on. She got a higher rating because it is an empowerment of women. And she's talking about just like objectively look at the music. Come on. Like it's no, not, I'm not mad at seven six for her rating. Just don't have Mr. Morales seven six. That, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. own. Yeah, like once y'all saw that y'all because they obviously rated that when the album came out, right? Yeah. It's an old rating. Yeah, for Mr. Morales. Mm. So once you saw that, you had to be like, okay, we clearly cannot give this the same rating as Mr. Morales <laughs> and the Big Steppers because yeah. I feel like somebody in that office was fighting for it to be ranked higher than the seven point six. Yeah, and they was like, no, we can't rank it higher. Yeah, than- for what their history was, you would really think that somebody was fighting in there. Oh, I, I hope so. I don't know who's back. up at Pitchfork. I don't know who's 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 there, who's working yeah. there. But uh, listen, man, I'm I'm learn I'm learning from having debates with Don that you know what? Maybe I'm not wrong, but maybe I'm not right. So there listen, I may Ice Spice might be a seven point six to some some people, right? To me, I'm willing no. to argue that some of my people, the young guys around me, would probably listen to that more than they would listen to Mr. Morale. Oh, for sure, and. I, that confuses me because I'm like, man, is there no way we can say what is the great mm-hmm. album? Like, what is like? Mm. How can we? Like, how can we talk about this? How can we say, yo, her loss was fire? How can we? Do we just not say things is great anymore? We just right. say, no, we're gonna rate it for six point four, and not for you. Yeah, okay, but for, even though you don't do it, even though you don't do this in our debates, you. You have put that in perspective with me as far as I'll say I think an album is top 15. Yep. And then you'll name 25 albums and ask me if it's better than that. Exactly. <laughs> so you're kind of in the pitchfork lane as well. <laughs> no, the, no, not because really, his shit, bro. his because from it's Don, valid. It's that's valid. valid. No, it, yeah, that's it, not it valid. is valid, but it does feel like it's discrediting, which Shouldn't be that way, but we're like, when no, I want to put just, an album in the top Don, 10. Don, like, just, he'll just pull up. There's, there's 45 <laughs> albums better he'll than pull that. Up, like, no, but Don will pull a bar out and then look at you after he says the bar. <laughs> like, you have this ability to make a bar that I probably thought was the greatest shit I ever heard sound like the most remedial elementary shit ever. And I'm like, damn, I never heard that bar like that. But I realize what it is. It's just your pitch. Yeah. Like it's not it's 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 how you say shit. Yeah, it's because you'll give me the bar and I'm just like, yeah, that didn't sound. That wasn't hard. That didn't. It doesn't. It didn't have that life so, to so it. So I'm gonna give, bring up one of the bars. The bar was like Krispy Kreme. I'll be flipping them O's. Was, you thought meant, that was the greatest bar ever? No, I did not. You did say yes, that. You, you said it was. That was one of the best bars I've heard. And you know why? Because you did because the song. If I was, because <laughs> yeah, no. you produced the record. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. If I was in, if I was up north, uh-huh. right? This is prior to Krispy Kreme, uh, Kreme being up north. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I'm in the South and I'm like, did, wow, did this yeah. is, wow, you just said you flipping O's, like the donuts. They're, they're like, I'm, yeah. I'm immediately like, well, maybe first thing is like, I didn't expect to hear that from him. How honest and on point. Yeah. Somebody would say, man, <laughs> some O's, yeah. yeah. Krispy Kreme, like, it made sense to me. Okay. You know what I mean? That was just one bar that's just like, I know that people pass the higher learning or the higher thinking people yeah. on this level are going to be like, yeah, I relate. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That's no, I, I got saying. it when you said it, but yeah. I, the, the debate was so heated, yeah. and we were talking about some of the greatest bars ever, and we were talking about Kendrick, and yeah. then you was like- That's, that's what I said. We broke down a, that a whole bar, Kendrick verse. And I was like- You're like, that's whack. I'm but like, nah, <laughs> have you heard that O's bar from yeah. Jeezy and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dog, Jeezy <laughs> says some harder shit than that, but maybe, maybe. I, I understood what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. I understood. That's Just, what I was saying. You didn't yeah. expect, first of all, Jeezy to put that at, at that time- because I don't, like you said, Krispy Kreme wasn't even in Atlanta at that time, were they? Yeah, Krispy Kreme was in Atlanta, but I didn't think it was all over the world. Okay. So I think it was like, I did, they didn't have Krispy Kreme here, right? When did Krispy Kreme here? Five, six, seven years We got ago? it late. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah, got, yeah. we had no, we had it way more than five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, and then I thought about it was like, it's so many versions of that. I was like, oh, flipping the O's, man, Krispy Kreme got the, Krispy Kreme got the best donuts. Yeah. No, I get it. That's better than Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> yeah. to me. I'm like, it's not even close. It's yeah, not even it's like close. that hot glaze. Oh, yeah. that's you got them hot off the press. I've yeah, I was. You deep, went somewhere else with it. I, I get it. Deep yeah. into it. I get it. You know what I, mean? I get it. So I that was it. Jeezy suggesting he had the better product too. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't even. There's layers to that. <laughs> <Okay. boy. laughs> <laughs> you funny, <laughs> but yeah, that's where I was getting at. I know? saw uh, something else. Uh, Fifty Cent has some pushback. Jamal Crawford did an interview, and he said that Jay Z's impact on the culture uh, goes beyond music. He has a, bi- a, a, a a bigger impact on the culture than Eminem does. Um, no, no, it's reverse. He said Eminem has a bigger impact. No, 50 said that, but originally it, it was in response to Jamal Crawford saying that Jay-Z has the biggest impact uh, on, uh, on hip-hop. And, you know, Anytime I think Fifty hit Jay's name, he's just gonna refute some shit oh. or just throw some salt. 50's <laughs> crazy, yeah. but um, he loves Jay. This is no. He, he, has, he, has, he has a weird way of showing his love for Jay. <laughs> but um, he, he went to. I, it was a few weeks ago. He I forgot what interview Fifty was doing, and he he almost went to compliment Jay, and then was like, "Well, I mean, he looks like a gay painter now." And I was like, "Yo, Yo Fifty just can never. He just can't give you. That's his way of showing love. I think. I exactly. think. That's I think it way. is too. Show love like, that. like Fifty is the type of guy you give him a hug and he back up looking at you like he check his pockets. Like, yeah. what you just took. Yeah. No, I'm just giving you a hug, man. I love you. Yeah. Like Fifty, he has trauma. Yeah. Understandably so. We can understand why Fifty has trauma. But why Fifty is so funny is that he'll be in like a dead serious point and then be like, and I mean that's why he looks like a gay painter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all right, Fifty. And then he yes. looks at everybody in the room in the eyes like after he says it, like who's gonna refute that? He doesn't. <laughs> Pull up the pictures. Yo, that's funny because I got a picture on my gram, right? And I think I, like Elliot made like one of my chains and like he came to the studio to do an interview. Mm-hmm. We were in a hallway and the first interaction with us was like, it was like, yo, it wasn't that. It was like, yo, where you get that chain from? You ain't supposed to have no chain like that, bro. I got the picture of him like grabbing the Looking chain. Looking at your chain? And it was like, it's so funny because I, when y'all talking about this, I know who he is. He's yeah. funny oh, shit, 50 bro. 50's on his own. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about fun. nobody. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. But- I'll ask the question to you. Yep. Does Jay-Z have a bigger impact on hip-hop than Eminem, or does Eminem have a bigger impact? I hate answering these questions for the simple fact that there's so many A, B, C, D, E, F, Gs. Yes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So uh, my first time traveling to Japan and all these places like Africa, mm-hmm. I will say that Eminem is in more places across the world than I've seen Jay-Z. I've went to record play, uh, record stores across the country. Mm-hmm. I see Eminem and Ludacris mm. everywhere. I mm-hmm. see Barber maps. You might see Ludacris on it. Mm. Uh, Eminem's impact across the world. And just, um, they had this analogy about what's the most common thing all around the world. And they say stop signs, right? Mm-hmm. And the most recognizable faces is Mike Jackson, Snoop, mm-hmm. M, 
mm-hmm. maybe a few, uh, Elvis and a few others. Mm-hmm. And those are the things which makes me feel like, oh, worldwide, yeah. maybe in hip hop, he may have the most influence. But when we're talking about like changing so many pieces, like when Jay had, when he was wearing the crown heavy, mm-hmm. he, uh, he switched, changed clothes. Yeah. It was a cultural thing. That was outside of rap. He didn't tell people to stop doing the bars like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Defo Autotune came, it was like almost destroying Autotune. Mm-hmm. But Autotune lived. Yeah. But at that moment, it was like, oh shit, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Do we stop using Autotune? Mm-hmm. Like, was it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the toughest thing that I ever heard in my life was like, put some tea, put some tea pain on my voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would, it hurt me. Cause I was like, oh shit, T Pain is my man. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like a lot of that going on. But as we've seen him change so many places, um, it, it almost might be even. But I, I would, I would love to even hear what Jay has to say. I mean, he probably never will talk about it, but mm-hmm. only because one of his lines was, "Only people using moving units is in pimp juice at us." Yeah, it's like. that almost felt like he was trying to say, look, I'm in the running with these guys. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to Mm -hmm. get here Mm -hmm. past that. You know, he's always did that. He's always like, yeah, he always recognized who, but it's hard. It's hard to say because M's done so much like 50s here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Part of Dre's second win Mm -hmm. was them collaborating. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that D12, the movie eight mile, like Mm -hmm. so much came out of it. I mean, Think about this. One of the staples in hip hops is Shade Forty Five. Right, sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's on Series Highlight, mm-hmm. Satellite, which we're a part of mm-hmm. for 17 years, going on 17 years. We've be able to captivate hip hop on that level, mm-hmm. like, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's had everybody. He's had uh, us sway. Mm-hmm. He's had uh, Rude Jude. Mm-hmm. He's had um, Who Kid. Yep. Uh, K Slay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? These we all staples. So he's he breeded that. You know, it's so it's so much. It's it's so debatable. It's not as easy to answer. It's not as easy. People answer. online try to make yeah. it seem to be. I They're going to go back and forth on some yeah idiot shit. Yeah. Like, oh, he's this. He's yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Down, down. But I'm breaking it down. He got for he real. rapped better than him on Renegade. They yeah. go right to that. I'm yeah. like, wait. I was almost upset that when I went to these places like uh, Johannesburg and I didn't see Jay Z or mm-hmm. I couldn't like some of the songs I was playing didn't have the most impact like I wanted to have. Yeah. My night my night cap record when I'm trying to get the crowd popping was allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That didn't work in so many countries as as some of those other records did. Okay. Not to say my go-to was one of the Eminem records, but it wasn't those and I was hurt. Lose you yourself? Lose yourself? Uh, I would have loved to play. Oh, I could play that in those mm-hmm. spaces where, you know, uh, but those those clubs I were playing, they were like chitlin circuits in other cities. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. our biggest, my biggest record when I was out there in those places was like Nuck If You Buck. Does it sadden you a bit that the impact of the mixtape era just by sheer business design will never equate to its monetary value? Like we see people selling our, the catalogs now from eras that were so impactful. Yeah. And whether we agree with the number or not, like we just said, we understand why they're doing it. Mixtapes wise, that can't really happen. Yeah. Is, well, is that a, a shitty feeling or is there other ways? Um, It's not a shitty feeling. I'm going to tell you why. Because anybody in that game, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but what we were doing was creating history. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, 
if there was any monetary, uh, you know, coming from that, it was, it was based on us being able to continue building the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you're building history, you're not thinking about, damn, I wish I'd get paid for that. I'm thinking about, man, that helped me catapult here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, John was able to win a Grammy mm-hmm. years later mm-hmm. based off the information that we had to go through or yeah. you know, the, the standpoint we had to go through. And that's just like, you know, and I'm saying I'm not saying that's the Mount Rushmore or anything you right, do. Right. I'm just saying that is possible yeah. now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's worth more than any money mm-hmm. is to say, oh man, I did all that and got rewarded. Right. You know, coming up and you know, even before we were born, like the people that stood for something were never rewarded rewarded other than they stood for something. Mm-hmm. You know, they never got what they've gotten. Mm-hmm. I learned that when I went to Africa, like when, excuse me, when Nelson Mandela, uh, I went out there when he was, you know, um, coming towards his end. It was people sitting on his lawn from what they were telling us for six months in mm. praise and how much of a humanitarian he was. Mm. And they forgot anything that he had done that nobody liked. It was just everybody was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to see and be a part of it mm-hmm. uh, from every aspect. There were people with cameras out there. There's mm-hmm. people that lived by what he says, people that followed him. And it made me realize like, man, it's all about the history. Yeah, It's all about the history. Anything that comes with it is to, you know, handle more history mm-hmm. where we're moving forward to. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm with. I, 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 I'm like, man, whatever. But I think there's going to be... <laughs> Just way, way later down the line, I don't know if we'll see it. I think there will be a, a resurge of that whole mixtape catalog with these tech companies buying everyone's catalog because we you can't monetize mixtapes because the labels aren't going to budge. Yeah, they budged a tiny bit with certain mixtapes, but that's why they're not on DSPs. That's why we can't monetize them because it's someone else's beat with publishing mm-hmm. over here. And they yeah, once these tech companies own everything. I don't see them caring or going with the dinosaur ways of the label where it's like, we will never clear that. Yeah. They'll be like, all right, we, we could put this, everyone loves this mixtape. It has historical value and we own the beat. Mm-hmm. So we just have to do a quick contract with the beat we own mm-hmm. to whatever rapper is on that. It's very interesting. I, I think there will be yeah. a whole mixtape. It's a one-stop shop now. Yeah. yeah, It's very interesting to see where it goes. Like in five yeah. years, streams may not be here. You no, know right. what I mean? So, uh, we, I'm very might just be impressions. I, yeah, you just, I'm scroll inter- past it. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> to see like if they buy up all these catalogs. Let's say in five years they've bought up seventy five percent of everybody younger and mm. older's catalogs, and then the tech companies say, "Hey, we got you." Now all the streams are worth four dollars and fifty cent, That's which was point zero 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 two eight five four. Right, and you know. And then we'll be like, oh, that's what they was planning to do. Like, I felt like that with Metaverse. I felt like they was trying to get everybody to buy all these cribs out there so they could take the land right here. Like, when you come back, oh, you got to rent from me. Right. I bought all the land. Right. (laughs) Wait. Yeah. We was in the Metaverse buying yeah. clubs and art galleries and yeah, stuff. And yeah, now yeah, we, yeah. Back, we back here. Now we got to rent. I can't buy no more. So yeah. I feel like that's what's happening a little bit. So there's like this like thing I kind of like. 
Paul's ride on mm. that it's like it's like yeah. I want to be credit investor and have the funds and the liquid to do these things but at the same time what's coming in five years another pause yeah, what's yeah. coming in five years you're crazy. now you're getting crazy <laughs> in five years where they say yo streams ain't it no more now yeah. we're going into fandom where everybody gets their music directly from the artist mm -hmm. right or what's this like that's where I'm like kind of trying to figure out uh what is it making? But like, again, we don't have enough time mm. to really be like, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be there. Let me get my money now so mm -hmm. I can be credit. Well, I, I, again, to go back to Jay and Impact, and you know, this podcast we've been called to Jay Dick Riders all the time. Oh god! So <laughs> this is this isn't gonna help the case. I think the original plan of title was very much that, as yes. far as the artists having it, we're bringing our catalogs, at least what we have in publishing wise over yep. here. You have to, we're going to do exclusives here. Yep. It was just too ahead of its time. And the marketing admittedly like was just awful as yep. far as the title marketing. Yep. But it was what I think everything is going to move into eventually. I yeah. think Jay was just, he was too early with it and it just was not executed properly. Yeah. But with everyone buying up these catalogs, who knows what streaming service will be in the hardware of the phone yeah. when we buy the iPhone's. 25. Yeah. If we're talking on the business side, as far as like the streaming too, like think about De, De La Soul, their catalog just became available. Right. Yeah, Aaliyah too. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Aaliyah. Like these things are like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And it's a control. I can be like, yeah, take this, take that down. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Before the CD's out, you ain't going to go houses across America. No. Like, hey, can I have the CD back? Yeah, right. So yeah, that, right. They, we have misprint or right. the sample wasn't cleared on the right. fourth track. We, right. we need all that back. We'll right. give it to you when we fix it. Now we're like, it's available to have that happen. Like, I was excited to see De La Soul do the, through the history of her. They've went through with labels and not mm -hmm. being able to get their things together. Yeah. But now that it's hopefully signed off in the correct way where they can make money moving forward mm -hmm. and people can sample it mm -hmm. and do these things, I feel like it helps in that way, but them buying the catalogs is like, what do I do? I sell, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and, and the smart thing is sell, build another catalog, sell again. Mm -hmm. It's exits. You know, I learned that from being around some tech people, and they're like, man, my resume is full of exits. Mm -hmm. People respect that, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, Let's talk about your uh, your app. Yeah, was that something that you you again that fell into your lap, or something that you took years and you just always was thinking about it? Like, I got to get in the tech game. I got to get in that game and and create some type of again uh a foundation or a building to yeah. where I can you know do what I want to do kind of employ people give people opportunity and do something dope for my history and my legacy yeah um as far as the app let me get into the history before I talk about it uh in my life I felt like my next steps was tech okay you know what I mean I didn't think I was moving into liquor brands I didn't feel like I was moving at one one point I did want to start a clothing brand, mm -hmm. but I felt like a lot of stuff was niche. And I feel like I, I learned getting older that I feel stuff now. Okay. So when I'm going to speak to people and um, they're coming to me and saying, hey, how do I get on? My initial response was always, um, man, work hard and, you know, your time going to come. Mm -hmm. You just got to keep. You know, hustling, hustling, hustling. I felt like that was just like you're looking at you like nigga, these bills coming right now. <laughs> right. Though, like. It's the flea off, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like at a, doing so many of those, it started to hurt my feelings. I'm like, bro, I'm starting to just flee people. I'm telling them anything, mm -hmm. and yep. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the point of tomorrow is a marketplace for creatives and clients to find each other so we can make money. You know what I mean? Okay. And that came from that standpoint. Another point, uh, you know. It was my wife's idea that, you know, she had a friend 
that was doing styling gigs and she couldn't stay in her professional gig. And that was just like, that's like a bad pain point for us. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't, I want you guys to be able to be able to hear interview anybody from Jay mm-hmm. to J-Lo to mm-hmm. me, to the younger guy on the come up mm-hmm. and not ha- and, and nothing wrong with this and have to go, um, shovel snow because you can't stay in your profession. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, that's where, you know, when she brought the point up that her friend had the door dash and couldn't like, you know, that that could somewhat uh, stop you from getting to another styling gig that was very important for Tyler Perry somewhere or yeah. for Kevin Hart because mm-hmm. you got things you got to handle and it's just life. Yeah. But we wanted to bring an alternative in the marketplace to where people can stay in that feel get paid not get money you know some of these creatives don't get paid they do i can hit somebody i'm popular i say yo make me a cover they so excited to make me a cover and build history with me and then i ghost them and not pay them for the cover Mm -hmm. usually whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. and then clients not being able to have a hub where they can find all the people that can have a black magic camera Mm -hmm. or you know or have a studio to be at or uh, a rapper or a producer. I don't, I'm in Alabama. I don't know how to make a song. I want right. to make a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those resources are in the app. You know okay. what I'm saying? So this is part of uh, what I'm pushing for and giving back to the culture is something you can get to in order to get some portfolios off what mm-hmm. you build, mm-hmm. make some money, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And meet clients. A lot of times you might not be able to get to Interscope Records, right? But there's a chance that they're going to be on the app looking for things for products, mm-hmm. uh, product managers looking for things, mm-hmm. uh, soon to come uh, young lawyers that'll be able to take care of your business, mm-hmm. marketing firms that'll be able to do that, mm-hmm. and just people want to get into media, people want to get into these things. So yeah. we're building these resources for people to be able to. <clears throat> Be in that space. Mm-hmm. Like that that's important. Again, like yeah. it's I like hate Task it. Rabbit yeah, for hip hop. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like I'm I'm tired of it, it, it. You know, when we first started, we made it open for everybody. Yeah. And then so many people was like, I want to be in the industry. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of like focus. Okay. In on that, and it's not just rap. It's mm-hmm. Yeah. All the genres. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, there's no part of it that, that's very social. To me, I felt like. A lot of the times we're very social in these spaces and it's too much instead mm-hmm. of just the job that is hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's where I wanted to push. I wanted to get people involved. I wanted to be able, we did crowdfunding. We started, we wanted people to, from the community to be involved. Okay. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? Dope. Because that, that allows them to say, Hey man, you don't have to have $250,000 in your private banking mm-hmm. to be a part of this. Right. You know, yeah. We're doing all this because this is a give back. You mm-hmm. know, this is a pain point first. Mm-hmm. And after the fact, you know, it becomes more and more engaging for mm-hmm. people like you and mm-hmm. the stars. Just get people involved and the education of it is just, you know, we're doing well. Like, you know, we got people on the app. We've got the media going to where we're, we're highlighting things while we're up here. We did Steve-O, Careless. Which okay, is, yeah. You know, Shout out to Steve-O. A, sta- Steve-O. a staple that never, really doesn't get his story told. Mm-hmm. He had a lot, you know what I mean? Um, we did. We also did his newcomer named Tyler, which is, you know, creative director at KIF. Okay. okay. Um, and also, uh, uh, this guy named Buddha that works with uh, Dave East. Okay, so Buddha, we're just my guy. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're going we're going to different states. We're doing a lot of uh, you know information on these people to help them get out there because mm-hmm. this is all part of what we're supposed to be giving back. Absolutely, you know what I mean. So yeah. that's you know what's what's the full name of the app? Tomorrow app. So tomorrow it's T M R O, but it said tomorrow. So you got to download. Y'all got this stuff early. 
Yeah. I gave yeah. y'all hats early. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I, still I, have I, it. I still and it. I said, when still I come to New York, I'm going to sit with y'all and explain to y'all what it is. I just wanted to mm. y'all to see it. Mm-hmm. jump out there just get familiar but yeah what's uh and i mean this this may be even more outside of the app but what to people that want to create apps what's that process even like um there's as I'm, I'm learning as we're moving and one of them is there's templates out there to where you could just make your own app like mm-hmm. some people there's an ig template that yeah. you can buy and just make an app um i'll go even further in 2008 and 9 i had a don canna app Mm-hmm. where you could go in there and see where I'm DJing at next. Okay. Uh, get the episode I had, uh, Studio Rats, which was like, you know, they used to call people back in the day, nah, you're a studio rat. You don't know yeah. yeah. studio. Yeah. And I made a I made something called Studio Rats where you would see Asher Roth in there, uh, uh, Jeezy or me making a beat with Jeezy or, you know, Zaytoven or Shardy Red making a beat with, you know, whatever. It was mm-hmm. just, it was a lot of the stuff, cool kids and currency. And that app alone was just like the information that you can go see where I'm at, get mm-hmm. tickets to the show, all that. And that was early on, but yeah. I felt like it was too focused on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just like me, 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 yeah. instead of um, something that was for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. uh, well, I just downloaded it, so I'm definitely going to check it out. So the ad, like we got templates. Uh, yeah. We have uh, people that can spend money. I've seen people make apps for 30000 I've seen people make apps for sixty. I've seen people... Yeah team up with people that make apps for zero dollars you know what i mean there's so many ways you can get into tech and create these apps mm. but um it's it's very obtainable now that we're speaking of people selling their catalogs and yeah, having money sure. and doing things it's very obtainable for you to start an app there's plenty of apps out there isaac hayes jr has fan base you yeah. have uh my man corbay and them. they have melody app mm-hmm. uh you have um you know so many things out we there that people are making. ali the engineer uh, engineers engineer and everything ears. that he's yeah. like I think it's so great just to see 1000%, everyone 1000%. 1000% getting into actual tech stuff 1000% because as as we see with buying catalogs tech is tech is trying to <laughs> trying to buy up everything take us the fuck out of here yeah uh, favorite beat you ever made worst beat you ever made that people love <laughs> that's crazy um, <laughs> best beat I ever made was Canon uh, I feel like go crazy is one of the greats, but I think Canon really uh, helped me as a person understand that I can blend Southern and and um, and up, up yeah. north. When I did go crazy, I was just up north. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Were you in that north. session with Wayne for Canon? No, he sent it back. So okay. what was, I mean, what was, I, that, what was that day like? <laughs> incredible. <laughs> I'm, I, I'll run it through you real quick. So like, pause. I'll run it. I'll run it down. <laughs> nah, I was, I was so so i started in miami i got after i did go crazy uh anr named dame from atlantic records flew me to uh miami to work with trick daddy mm-hmm. and i did that beat in a session i was thinking come on ride this train and okay. pause <laughs> pause <laughs> quad city dj just keep going and, uh, and up go north, crazy on it and up north uh kind of hard drums together okay. I yeah. could give Trick Daddy a new sound. I was just thinking totally different. Yeah, um, we weren't able to connect on that record, uh, but uh, Fiend, which is one of okay. my guys, yeah, he was down there and he was in a session and he, you know he's walking around. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Yo, put that on. I got I got a hook for that." So he comes up to me. He just start. Um, I'm with the Cannon. Duh, duh. So that was the original mm. person that 
really came up with the hook. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't he he did something totally different, but it was in the room. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um, then I think it got to Bohagen because we had the same manager at one time. Okay. And Bohagen, it was supposed to be one of Bohagen's records. And then I think that moved into Buster doing a verse on it. And then we going to Wayne to get the verse. Yeah. And uh, when, when I heard of Wayne verse, he did the whole beat all the way through. It was like three minutes. Mm. And we chopped it up to make a verse out okay. of it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. a hook in it. Uh, he came back. Them boys pussy, born without a backbone. That was yeah. his second verse. Okay. okay. You wow. know what I mean? We just took the hook out, spliced mm, yeah. it, put it together, made it a verse. And I was like, man, I don't know if anybody else is going to be able to kill this beat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he did. And it was amazing to hear. But one thing we did with Wayne too, every time every time we sent him something, he took it seriously and murdered it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So when I heard that, I was like, yo. A lot of people say that about Wayne. Like he's one of those guys that as big of an artist and superstar as he is, they really don't expect to get the verse back as quick as they do. Man. Like, yo, Wayne sent it back. Like, Bro, he sends it right back. Yeah. He's a student of game. Like, we could go on and on. Up, up until now, he still sends things right back. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So that's the that's the best beat. Uh, the worst beat that I ever made that I probably didn't like. Well, not, not worst beat you ever made. Worst beat that's universally loved type thing. Because every producer has a bunch of beats that have never seen the light of day. That you would think are the worst beats, but what's something that like we all love, and you're like, fam, I hate that. Beat. Oh, somebody else's beat too. <laughs> no, well, or I mean, no, no. Beat. If you want to debate, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, my my beat, uh, I can't. I don't have one because there's some that all of the beats. There's something in there that I did that I was like, I hear it and be like, man, I wish I'd put that eight yeah. differently. Yeah, yeah. I wish I'd did that kick. So it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to say for those, but any other beat I might have heard, maybe it'd have been like uh when I first heard it, I didn't like um I didn't I didn't like uh 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 what's I think it was Silk the Shocker, uh what was the name of the song, man? Underrated. Might have been got let rated me the worst it. rapper of all time. Okay. I thought that was the most amateur beat at, at that time. <laughs> yeah. But Sound Click era. It, it proved me wrong because I heard it before it was hitting the club. And when mm. it hit the club, I had to play it. I was like, oh. Yeah. Now I understand, bro. Yeah, what, yeah. Am I, what am I talking about? And, you know, being from up north, naturally, we're not going to like a lot of stuff. Absolutely. We're just like, no. Yeah. It has to do this. Yeah. It has to yeah. go like this. Yeah. And, and uh, my guy, no ID, told me this story about how he was in the Apple store and how the girl just was like, we have the privilege to make records better. So our judgment is different. Mm. You know what I mean? Then, uh, then you yeah. know what she would think. She's just a fan. She mm-hmm. doesn't have the ability. She's like, y'all don't. I don't have the ability to make this better. Right. This is all we have. Right. So we like it, and yeah. it's a classic in my brain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's we have. That's a we great have perspective. The ability to yeah. make things better, so our judgment goes far beyond how they think. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what was it like the day Three Stacks sent back his verse for Artist Storytelling Part Four? And what was it like to be part of the legacy? Um, of the art of amazing, storytelling. <laughs> amazing. Now, when I made the beat, it was just, which is really different because it was the first beat I had made playing chords. I think at first, the motif mm. at first came oh, out. The chords are fucking beautiful. And, and I went and bought it and I just I just put it up on a man. I was like, bro, I'm really about to play the keyboard. I've been sampling my whole life. Right. Yeah. So me just messing around with sounds and all I, all I thought was Ryan Leslie. Because I'm like, Ryan Leslie mm-hmm. is 
the mm. illest dude Genius. when it comes to mm -hmm. just coming up with chords effortlessly, mm -hmm. right? The second part was like Pharrell. And it was like, those chords were between Ryan Leslie and Pharrell. Mm, like the so chords, funny. you know the, what I'm saying? Okay. I love those chords so much and would have never equated that to Ryan Leslie until you just said that now. Yeah, they are very much Ryan Leslie chords. So, yeah, so think about, um, think about uh, you're my diamond girl. Yeah, oh yeah, like, for sure. No, how they're arranged is... So think about like storytelling, the sound of it. It wasn't the same key. It's just such a lower note that Ryan Leslie wouldn't use. That's where I didn't... So then yeah. it's like early Pharrell when he started when they when him and Neptune's got out of the stabs, but mm -hmm. then they started going, excuse me, missing. Yeah. It was like yep. a lot more yeah, chords. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that in my brain. So I was like, bro, samples are taking so much money. We're gonna do a pack where you're just playing. Yeah. So I just played it. Uh I think if I can remember it well, I took the, uh drum sent the record to uh Andre. And he was working on it. Every time he hit him, he's like, he's like, yo, so the verse coming along? He's like, yeah, slowly but surely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> and I remember taking the beat to Stankonia to Big Boy. And I think what I, how I did to rile him up, I was like, yeah, you know, Dragon on this. Or I don't know if he heard. I don't know. I can't remember if he heard the verse or he knew the verse was coming. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting in there. I remember just taking a beat to Big Boy. And have him do the verse, and I was excited because I'm like, oh, I, maybe maybe he did hear the verse and got excited. Maybe mm -hmm. we I took the verse. I, however, it played out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember being in Stankonia with Big Boy heard it. Classic story. You know, he had to he had the little I don't know, mm. the blunt or whatever. Black yeah, and he's just walking around. He's just black and mild. Probably. Oh yeah, he's no, walking around. Boy's he's like black and mild. He's just grooving. And he's just in the booth. And um, yeah, I'm thankful for that record because I was part of the last couple Outcast records. Yeah, it wasn't like on a down mm -hmm. you know what I mean it was it was still here it's yeah, like man you got one in yeah and I'm thankful that I was able to complete a trilogy in my mind like I, I was able to do an outcast record I did a record with Jay mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. and I just did so many great talented things it was like the cannon beat and the go crazy beat I yeah. probably worked with every artist ever because mm -hmm. he freestyled on that beat. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, not Ice Spice yet, but not not yeah, Ice Spice. Gotta get she Ice might Spice on the can. They might. Hey man, I, sample that record, please. <laughs> <laughs> sample that record. <laughs> no, that's, and that's such a, a great point too. That because so many times when groups are about to split up, whether good or bad, I mean, of course, Outkast is still friends. Those last few records are never that good. Yeah, yeah. You especially can feel the out. Off, they want the out. Especially off the series that, like, we talk about Drake timestamp records. Mm -hmm. Artist storytelling is that for Outkast. Right. Yep. So to be part of that and it not that's be trash and it be elevated, like too. It, is, was all, it was storytelling. Like it, it was, was part really of part it. of that series that we loved. Absolutely. Where we you skipped could, you could fuck this we whole thing up. Four, right? Was there a three? There was a three. Or was that a It exists, but it's not like on okay. any album. Who did three? I don't know who I did the know. beat. It just, I think it was one, two, and then went to four. <laughs> but it might That's be a three. No, there, no, there is a three somewhere. Yeah. It definitely is a three. So I trumped it. I went to four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three might be some type of Rico way beat or some shit. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I don't know. We can look that up. But no, I, artist storytelling four is my shit. I mean, I still think three stacks should have just fucked her. I think he was being a little dramatic. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. Okay, like, she's already here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, so and they're probably gonna break up once she goes home. She was definitely late. I definitely was late. <laughs> All right, so before we get out of here, man, I can't let you leave without us. I don't want to debate you on this. Yes, no more debate. Debate. Yes. I don't want to debate, debate, debate you on this, man. Yeah. But um, since we've last uh, 
debated. LeBron is coming up on the all-time scoring record. Mm. Yes, sir. And I'm sure that's another notch in your hat for your argument that he's the greatest ever. And um, did you go to the game when he was in Atlanta? I didn't. Uh, I was actually out of town. I, okay. I was in, uh, I think I was in Miami. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we had a heated debate. Yep. For hours. Mm-hmm. Who's the GOAT? Michael Jordan, LeBron James. <laughs> and LeBron is coming up as the all-time leading scorer. Huge, huge accomplishment for him. So for the last time, I just want to end it here. <laughs> just, I just want to end it here. The last time. I, I just want to end it here. Between me and Don, me and Don will never debate this again. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest ever, in your opinion, is LeBron James. <clears throat> and why? Can I give them the story though, bro? Give them the story. Okay, okay so so first and foremost, I'm Kobe. Period. Absolutely, I'm Kobe. Which period. I don't know why people more people don't put Kobe number two behind Mike. Well, but- well, well for a long time it was that, and okay. then uh, I moved in LeBron. But the story goes for me, just so people know and don't get it construed. You know mm-hmm. This is what happened when I was growing up. Yeah, I was a Charles Barkley fan. Okay, and a Shaq fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I missed the Jordan part. I don't know, but either. I know you, but. He, I understood what he was and he was great. I'm not debating that. Mm-hmm. And what he did was unmerciful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but being that I was a Charles Barkley fan and a Shaq fan, maybe because I was trying to play center or power forward, I don't know, man. Yeah. He was a guard, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to get that. And I felt like being a debater, young, everybody liked Michael Jordan. So I wanted to go against the grain. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I wanted yeah. to be like, yo. It's Shaq. Yeah. It's Charles Barkley's better than Michael Jordan. Now what? Yeah. Then I'm like, well, you wear Michael Jordan shoes. I wear Charles Barkley shoes too. Yeah. First I, first shoe I bought was a Barkley and I didn't get the Jordan. Mm-hmm. I bought the dinosaur teeth joint. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I didn't get the Jordan. And people was at school like, bro. Yeah. And for that, for the life of it, I didn't. Since some people loved Michael Jordan so much, I went and bought pennies. I went and bought. I had Cosmacazis, sure. bro. Okay, so you know I see. Okay, so now I understand where it stems from. So it starts there, and then being that me watching Kobe play or playing against him or playing on the same team in those leagues, mm-hmm. um, that made me follow his path because I was like, "Hey, I'm stopping playing basketball, but I'm watching him win a championship." Very young, mm-hmm. that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. The first time that happened, I feel like I cried because I put it in the same space. As me getting a Grammy at the moment or mm-hmm. not getting there yet. Right. It mm-hmm. took me seven years to get to go to crazy from where I first started as an adult making music. Mm-hmm. And I've watched it. So I, I walked with him. Mm-hmm. And then along came LeBron, the actual goat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Along came LeBron. Oh. Yeah. As you, a, as you a, can see on the that, screen. That was a dart. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, what I want to do in this debate too, I don't want to. I don't want to say because he's going to be the best scorer ever that there's nothing else to talk about. Mm-hmm. I want this to live on. I want this to be the Tupac, uh, yeah. Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas conversation yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say I, looking back at my childhood and identifying, it's probably because of who I was a fan of. For like, I would put anybody before Jordan then 
And it wasn't a hate thing. It was just like, bro, y'all like him too much. You know what I'm saying? Let's go hate. <laughs> <laughs> might be actually the exact yeah, definition like, might, of yeah, hate. Yeah, like, hater. Yeah, you might be a player hater. You might be a player hater. Yeah, But yeah. Uh, I put Olajuwon in front. When they started to bring up, like, he's burning Barkley and him. I said, well, he ain't better than Olajuwon. <laughs> he ain't better than Bird. What? I was like... Anybody? Yeah. Well, I didn't say Patrick Ewing and stuff. Okay, like that. I didn't oh, want to be. Thank you, thank you for not doing <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, Patrick's fire, but I I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to be disrespectful. Yeah, but I wanted to be. This is where the debating came from. Okay. It started there. Okay. Yeah, but if we're going to leave this conversation now, just leave it. Yeah. If I ever meet, my, I've met Michael Jordan a few times mm-hmm. in the club or whatever. But mm. uh, if there is a chance, yeah, that we ever get back in the the room yeah. and it's private yeah. I'm going to tell him to his face that LeBron is better than him no you're not <laughs> I tell you you're the biggest Michael Jordan fan that, matter of fact I messed up I was supposed to bring you all my Michael Jordan you were and I'm mad you and, and, this is, and this is why I'm saying I'm still a fan of Mike I still got the dolls I still got the sneaks I got the jerseys yeah. I got a lot, a lot of Mike stuff in my crib yeah. and I wanted to bring how it much all LeBron to stuff you how much you got um, I got over over time, I had maybe 20, 25 pair of his sneakers. Okay. Right now, I only got five pair. Okay. Uh, the retros, mm-hmm. right? I got a LeBron dog. I got LeBron Wheaties mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got I got a couple things. I got okay. some jerseys, but I think I got more Kobe stuff. I got a Kobe basketball. Oh, I mean, naturally. I got all the newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the dog, of mm-hmm. course. I got all the jerseys. Uh, I've had the sneaks, mm-hmm. but I think I've got more more stuff honestly with Kobe than I got with either but I'm gonna mail yeah, you do that I would gladly take stuff. that because you know I mean? Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time <laughs> who's the greatest yeah uh, he's a Larry Bird the fan. Knicks you can tell <laughs> Pistol Pete <laughs> yeah so you know when they coming in and getting the comments and anybody want to debate yeah. with me, I can go forever about this. No, the, the, listen, that was one of the, the most. Uh, Julian always brings that. Kobe up. and me is he, the best. He, he talks about Personal. it. He's like, yo, y'all was going crazy in there mm-hmm. for hours talking about that. One of my favorite mall memories is him just putting his feet on Lake's desk, just holding court, just like yeah, smacking, the, <laughs> smacking the desk. Like because yeah, I just can't. Bro, close. He was bo- he was boiling. His blood was boiling. I've never seen Maul because more you know what's so funny is we were in Lake's office yeah. and Lake was in the office yeah. and yeah. Maul went to sit at his desk. <laughs> yeah, because you know it's like when you're talking about Mike, it's like hold on, man. I, let me take center stage because you. It's just a disrespect. I just can't. I take. think you're the biggest Mike fan ever, bro. I think I am. ever. I like, think I am. So, there's so many people that I've had this debate with, but. One thing I respect about you is you have every fact down. Absolutely. You have every little piece down. So Absolutely. it's like, I can't argue with that because I can't tell you every little piece of LeBron. I can't tell you every little piece of nobody. Listen, Le- LeBron is one of the greatest. Uh, I'm, I, I told you, I love LeBron more for what he did off the court. There you go. The way he empowered his his crew, his friends, his family. To me, uh, that's, you know, that makes him the GOAT for me. I'm just talking about on the court. Um but Mike was just what was on the court for LeBron. What what part was he missing? He was missing a part of heart. What was he no? Missing? The one thing, the one thing for me that LeBron to me, why I can't have him as the greatest of all time is you can't let a player that's coming off the bench average more than you in the finals. Gotcha. You just it just can't happen to the goat. Gotcha. Not the greatest. One of the greats, it could happen to, but the one, it can't happen. Okay, so what's the five? My five, uh, Mike, Cole. Uh, Shaq, uh, Kareem, uh, Steph Curry. Damn. You see the disrespect right here? That, How's that disrespect? Where is LeBron fall? 
LeBron's probably, I put probably Bron six, Bird seven. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Come on, can we go to 10? Give me the last four. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just want to see if it gets really disrespectful. This how was that disrespect? All right, so let's talk about Steph Curry for a second. Steph Curry Bro, has. Wonderful. He has dominated LeBron. That's a fact. In, in finals champ matchups, he beat LeBron three times. Three to one. That's a fact. And they should have won the fourth. This is where I can't argue. He has all the facts. But go ahead. <laughs> Steph, Curry, Steph Curry has changed the game of basketball globally. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Centers are shooting threes now because of the way Steph Curry came into the league shooting. Like, if, you can't, if you're a center in the league and you can't shoot, you might not have a job because of Steph Curry. Is he more dominant than LeBron? Absolutely. No way. How? Because LeBron went 10 times? Yes, bro. Because y'all love to hang on to that. He went to the finals 10 times, but how many times did he win? Because the name of the game is to win, not just get to the dance. Don't tell me you went to the club and got a number and you didn't fuck. <laughs> I mean, think about it, bro. Domination in a league, I don't think nobody's been as dom- most dominating. Going into or- the club and getting to the NBA finals is fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, a I'm weird comparison. Like, don't tell me you went there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's our equivalent. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yo, did you win? Because that's <laughs> all Anyone that matters. Can go to the club. Yeah. It's like Michael Jordan retired at 29. The first mm-hmm. time he retired, he was 29 years old. Just think mm-hmm. about that. Yep. Yeah, when he, he kept came, losing in gambling. When he came back, <laughs> when he came back, <laughs> when he losing. came back, he was playing in the building and it was a statue outside the building of him. Okay, so I got your five, right? Kareem now, he's going to surpass Kareem, right? Does yep. that put him in that five, please? Who? When Ron? he surpasses Kareem, yes. I mean, again, when he passes Kareem, I can't. Bro, I, it's, it's, he's still. It's, listen, that means that. And let's be clear: most value, being I'm, top, being top seven to play in the NBA is not a knock at all. Because you know how many players come through the NBA, so being one of the top seven, ten is 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 not a knock. Gotcha. But the reason why I can't put LeBron above Kareem is because one, Kareem held the title for so many years of scoring champion, and I don't know how many. I've, so many people don't even have Kareem in their top five. Which yep. is disrespectful to me. Yep. Whether you didn't see him or you didn't know the game, he dominated every level of basketball, high school, college, and the NBA. Gotcha. What he had to deal with as far as just off the court with civil rights things and all of those things, like that's an area that we have to factor in when we start talking about those legends, what they had to deal with off the court. Right. And getting to the arena, getting inside the that's arena and hotel rooms and things like that to still be able to go and dominate your sport at that level and you dealing with all of these things. That's a fact. That's these are all things that you have to deal with. What was so, the what was the league like with Kareem versus LeBron's league? Oh man, it was. It's, first of all, the, the game, the game. That's another thing. The gameplay. It was because Jordan. I think that's a good thing to say. But Kareem, I don't know if the league was the same. It was when yeah, he was the was tallest in player in the league. Like <laughs> he was it's not the different. tallest player in the league. He, his I arms, think Wilt was taller his, than Kareem. Yeah, but his arms, both of them, arms up is. 15 feet. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but again, he dominated. You know when you say dominate, he it dominated. was like, he dominated. you're not going to beat him. Like, it was like, you're not going to beat that guy. And I don't feel like, I don't know if it's because a lot of these younger players that play with LeBron, because they're fans of him, they go to his camps and then they make it to the NBA and they're just like, oh shit, like I went to your camp and they're fans. But it's not the same level of, of fear. Right. Like when Shaq walked into an arena, when Shaq was, Shaq, teams were scared of Shaq. Teams were scared of Mike. We're good. We got Kobe. We got Mike. We got Bron. I'm not mad at that. Jordan, Jackson, Tyson. Listen, right? I'm not yeah. mad at nobody. And mine's having subjective because I hated Kobe. 
Like why? As, I, I was a Knicks and an Iverson oh, fan. That, oh man! That, that, so I, well, you're I Knicks hated fan? Kobe growing up, yeah. but like I always thought Kobe was by far the best player I'd ever watched in my entire life. JD and and and, and Puff are having a quote unquote versus yep. in Atlanta. Um, and I've had the chance to sit in the studio with JD, and he pointed something out that I I didn't really think about because if you just go off of the initial reaction, yo, JD versus Puff. Who you got? A lot of people gonna go puff, but JD pointed something out that he has records with Big that he produced. He has records with Little Kim that he did. He has record with records with Mace that he did. Mm-hmm. So when he started playing those in the studio, I said, "Oh shit!" And these are bangers. These are like these are gonna go off when you play it. As somebody that is from Philly, North has spent time in New York, so you know what Puff's influence and what it felt like. But also in the South, in Atlanta, so you know what JD's influence is. In a versus between JD and Puff, who do you take? I'm gonna say it's a draw. Hmm. And uh, I love Puff because that, that he he catered to my lifestyle and mm-hmm. what he was doing. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't know this. In my early years, I was signed to JD through Black Market. I believe the name of the company was. It was uh, Two DJs Trauma in Mars, mm-hmm. and. I was signed through their venture with JD mm. and uh, just knowing the stuff that JD, like JD is a menace in the studio. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like he's a menace. Mm-hmm. Like he, like I've seen him do a lot of things. I've seen him become a businessman afterwards, mm-hmm. but I mean, to grow up off puff, but still grow up and love crisscross mm-hmm. and love the brat mm-hmm. and love uh, money ain't a thing. Mm-hmm. And then see it moving to, Confessions mm-hmm. and then Mariah's probably arguably the best album ever. Emancipation of Mimi. Next to Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Like those involvements alone would make me almost say it's a draw. Mm. Almost. Because if you had a total, you had an escape. If yeah. You, had, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you had um it and 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 I'm give I'm I'ma say to to in the career, working with kids aren't isn't the easy thing. Mm-hmm. You know? He had three, maybe Maybe three successful albums with Crisscross, Cross, mm-hmm. two successful albums with The Brat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Bow Wow. That, that, and Bow, and let's not forget Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, that's hard to do, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, it's everybody's dream to have that young yeah. sucks rapper in, it come It sucks up. in a versus, though. Yeah. No, it doesn't, because uh, contrary to belief, like, you may be in there and hear, uh, you know, um, the Luther Vandross, let me hold you, which, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even though I did it together, but it was like, you may... You may oh that was a bop yeah you might you, yeah. Might, you might hear some of that stuff like functified as a bop absolutely you know what I'm saying I think jump the, warm it up those is bops you might be like I ain't want to dance to this but it's jump you know what yeah I'm saying? yeah I think I think JD beats Puff which sounds nuts in the R and B category outside of everything JD really produced and wrote these records so but that's a separate conversation if we're just going off their catalogs cool I do think Puff is the greatest ear outside of Quincy Jones ever. <clears throat> so give or take there. But rap-wise, I think it's just where JD is going to lose in that versus. I, better, I think better, as someone that even... Dr. Dre? I'm 32 years old. I Ooh, bought Puff, Beware Puff's of the Dog. I love Bow Wow. It's not going to do well in a versus. It's just not. Mm. Puff R&B, better. though, I think he could easily hang. Does Puff have a better ear than Dr. Dre? He said Quincy Jones Puff. I was thinking yeah. Quincy Jones Dre Puff. That's just me. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think Puff still I think his ear is more diverse than Dre's. 
Yeah, I think I'm a roll. Taking out, taking out Eve, taking out. I uh, think it's the it's the R and B side more so. Taking out Truth Hurts and stuff like that. I mean, Truth Hurts versus like you taking out. What are we, what are we talking taking about? Out Come on, pound. Don't do that. Taking out. No, I'm, I'm saying, saying. I, just, I just think it's Puff's ear for for the R and B side of it versus Dr. Dre's. Not saying Dre doesn't have an R and B ear. Oh no, I mean but Black Street was fire. Like, yeah, hey, no, he definitely Puff has it. But just, by the way, I'm just asking a question. I would I'm just trying to debate, run my brain, debate yeah. this with somebody, and even Puff, like I could have an argument with you, but I'm just, I would go Quincy Jones. But I, but they also have but they also have separate ears. Whereas Dre is one that's really there making the record. As Puff is a and executive producing. One thousand. It's a it's a different ear. So I. Dre is looking at records so way different. So if we're talking, so about he can't have such a broad ear because it's the really his creation. aspect. Puff Daddy, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. A and R, he's he's the he's the poster child. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Absolutely, period. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. Dre is better at making the song, but yep. Puff is going to. If you give Puff thirty records, Puff is going to pick the twelve and put that album together as the classic. Indeed. Whereas Dre will would make the thirty records with you, so I think maybe he's a little too close to it Indeed. to really put that out type thing. Mm-hmm. That's where I think their ears are, are different. Quick. I thought y'all was gonna jump out there and be disrespectful. No, nah, no, nah, we can never. Come on, <laughs> disrespect Dre. Yeah, crazy. Dre's probably not the one that I, <laughs> yeah, like, I would not yeah, die on definitely that. Definitely not disrespecting uh, Dr. Dre because no well, shit, all right, I'll I'll go further. You could say a lot of records Dre didn't make. They they were other people's work that he just stamped his name on. Okay, so whereas, can we whereas put Puff, because that A and R, yeah, Dre is an A and R to some degree too. Okay, absolutely. Scott Storch is an A and R move. <laughs> yeah, all his ghost producers. You know, I had this argument too. Again, even though let's say, let's hypothetically say that Dre didn't do it, right? It was Dre's formula. Mm, if sure. I come to you and say, hey, this is how the record's supposed to be done, and I walk out that door and I come back and you do it, you did it based on my formula. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, you can pick five rappers from each city. Where does Philly rank? Um, five versus five versus five versus five. Top five for sure. Who's the best Philly rapper ever? I can't be biased. I was going to say Uzi Vert. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm going to go. I love I'm, Uzi Vert, go but come on. I'm going to go, uh, uh, let me go Will Smith, Beanie Siegel, Todd, uh, Meek, and uh, Meek is probably after that. Uh, Cassidy, Gilly, the kids after that. I, I'm only putting them on the same because I so can't. So Black not. Thought is just like, just uh, another thought, right? Yes, Black Thought. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Black, thought, Black Thought is there. The best lyricist. Mm-hmm. Oh, tell my rapper. And I hate to categorize this only yeah. because uh, I'm willing to bet that I'm probably one of the only ones that probably really in Philly would be in that merit if you're outside of the game. Mm-hmm. All right, but you're like, you're saying just hits. I'm sorry, you're saying just rapping. Black Thought would be there. I would say the last. I would say two or three people you lyricist. named. Black Black Thought has way more hits than what you just named. I feel. I love Gilly to death. Black Thought. I feel has that. monstrous hits too. I feel that. I feel that. I, I'm not saying. I'm saying. And Will Smith should not best, be a boy. Best, best lyricist ever from Philly might be Black Thought. I'm just saying. I don't rapper. even think it might. I think it is. I'll go with it is. Wait, you said Will Smith Meaning? coming out of Philly, best rappers. Rappers. Will, Will Smith and who? Who's number two? That's what I'm saying. Uh, everything. Who's number two? I said Will Smith and Siegel rappers. Okay. Gotcha. Why? Rappers. Why Will Smith? 
because he was the staple in Philly and some of the take, stuff. Take the staple out. First Grammy. Didn't Will Smith win the first hip hop Grammy? He won the first Grammy, right? Yeah, he said take all that out. Take take that part. Oh, okay, okay. His first couple of records was incredible in the rap game. Mm-hmm. I think I could beat Mike Tyson. Uh, parents just don't understand. For sure. You know, those I think Big Daddy Kane those... is incredible. Jay-Z's better. But that's what I'm saying as far as that Rock and Roll Summertime, didn't he? So they say. It sounds like <laughs> rock. Here and is. and uh, didn't, didn't Nas didn't, write uh, Getting Jiggy With It? Or Nas yeah. wrote one of them records. We talk about the we Fresh <laughs> Prince and I, man. Y'all talk about yeah, later he took, on. And you guys was the one behind early. Quentin Miller. It's all adding up. It's a Philly thing, huh? Yo, he's not from Philly. No, he said y'all are from Philly. Yeah, doing oh, wild shit. Oh. And Meek involved with it. Yeah, it's a Philly thing. Oh, that's shit. crazy. Oh shit! What is with the like ghost writing Philly? That. <laughs> I like that. We're talented, bro. We're y'all talented. Are. But Philly's always been and probably oh, always will be the home of the. Yeah, the I left out EST, uh, uh, the bad Nicholas one. I don't know if y'all know about him, which was. Um, mm. Greatest man, a lot of funky dividends. Yeah, like, yeah, yep. Times dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of great rappers. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, Steady B is up there, Cool C. But when I talk about lyricists, it's mm-hmm. gonna be Black Thought for sure. Absolutely. Talk about. I'm, I'm like, not. I can't argue. No I will never argue debate. that. And he's. They've got Grammys. They've built so much in that city. Mm-hmm. We're standing on that hands down. Absolutely. I'm talking about rappers. I'm talking about everything together for sure. I'm talking about what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I said the last three you yeah. named, I felt like Black Thought may have more accomplishments and hit records. Yeah, at one point they debated Beanie Siegel might have been better than Jay-Z. I heard that. Oh, that was- a, I heard that. Yeah, I heard it was a thing up north. Well, we Nas started that. on Ether. He said, he said Beans is where better you heard that at, Don? Don't tell me you On Ether. That. Where did you hear that? It's on Because you can't forget where you heard that. That's bro, blasphemy. argument. So not to spill the village, I was just doing a, a talk with uh, Math. And that's where that's where it came from, because I, I never heard it. But then mm-hmm. I'm now it's in my ears, like wow, they did come up with something that Jay was better than, um, better than up north. I was like, oh, sh- I didn't know that. You know, I'm willing. I'm willing to not debate that. Beans is one of the greatest. I'm not like, I don't think that. he even gets talked about enough. I bring his name up in most interviews because I'm like, bro, he needs to be heard. Absolutely, that's, that's ridiculous. I'm that favorite as much as he did, and I'm glad you got that. And he needs to be heard, bro. That's absolutely. You know no, I, mean? I would never. Uh, Beans first. But that's why I put him up there. But I got to put Gilly in there. The disrespect on Gilly's game uh, name oh, is, is beyond mm-hmm. that guy. Bro, I remember being 18, 19 and seeing him walk down the street and he was just on him. Mm-hmm. He was a guy. He rap, mm-hmm. Dutch and Spade, all these guys. The history mm-hmm. of Philadelphia is Philly's most pound wanted. for pound most cities. Yeah. Was Wayne living in Atlanta at that time during the Gilly Wayne back and forth? No, I don't ever. I never remember Wayne ever living in Atlanta. Okay. I, I never well, see, I seen him maybe in and Your out. relationship with Wayne, what was it like though with that whole uh, Gilly situation? To be honest, I didn't have. Do you want to hear some funny shit? Mm. This is some funny shit. We had Willie the kid, and when Wayne he did like a freestyle, he was like, "I don't got no time to deal with Willie the Squid." Mm-hmm. We we thought it was like, "Oh shit, why he just our man? Get, yeah, That's yeah. Our, you're our man. Yeah, you're yeah. dissing our man." Yeah, it was kind of weird, but then we figured it out. Kinda, he was talking you know about Gilly. Yeah, but at that time, I knew Gilly. And I think Drum knew him, but we weren't as close, so mm-hmm. we were out of it anyway. Yeah, but I didn't. You know, I could easily took the the Phillies hat and be like, "No, it's Philly." Yeah. But at that point, I had to side with the guy that was rapping crazy. I think I don't even think Gilly was going. He was still doing rapping, but I think he was just in his time. He was going crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think he was just 
that was a weird space because it was like I wanted the love for the Philly hometown. Right. At the same time, Wayne was just like gassing. Wayne is Wayne. Yeah. He was gassing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm he was gassing. <laughs> he was on another level. But I just wanted to make sure that those people get their names. After that, you got Eve and Cassie. Mm-hmm. All those are all the rappers in the city. We have one hard lyricist. And we got a lot of lyricists in the city, but oh, I sure. think Black Thought we, uh, lyricists. Were you with us at that point, Made in America? I was talking with Freeway and, and Guru, and I was saying EXO Tour Life has to be a top five Philly song. We were debating top five Philly yeah. records. I think it's I think it's right behind Dreams and Nightmares. That's Philly's biggest rap song. I would I would think so. Yeah, Philly's very, there's a lot of them though. Do you there's think that Dreams and Nightmare hurt Meek? And when I when I say that, it's because I f- yes. that record is so big. Yes, absolutely. And it's uh, the intro to his first album. And it's I, like he still has to people are like, yo, but it ain't dreams. And it's like, bro, I gave y'all that already. I think the song is so big that it's not allowing people to see past to the real talent that he has. Mm. And you're you're absolutely right. I think that the point that our go-to is hold up, wait a minute, in every club, instead of a few of those records, like House Party, Boss, yeah. I'm a Boss, mm-hmm. and just even the newer music, it's all great music, but we're we're putting it in a place where Dreams and Nightmares is holding it to that ch- standard. about yeah. to be his uh, from the foul line. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I feel like that's hurting a little bit because they're expecting him to do that every, every time. time yeah. And even when he gives in and does it, they're like, oh, it's not Dreams and Nightmares. Every time he even tries to recreate that song. Yeah, it's right. tough, bro. That's a tough I, yeah. space to be in. Very tough. Yeah. Tough space to be in. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think we can wrap. Yeah, Ed, and you wrapping us up? You, you been yeah, fucking he keeps, keeps giving us. Pause, yeah. <laughs> been tapping us up. Well, Don, listen, man, thank you for finally making this happen, man. Thank you all, man. I'm, I'm glad so I much, came man. in, brother, Brotherhood, man. Like, Congrats you know. on the app, for sure. Thank Absolutely. You. Tomorrow, thank download you. the app. Thank you. If you want to stop hitting motherfuckers in their DMs, download the app. <laughs> it's going to put you right in tune with yes. who you need to talk to. It's going to help right. people find you. That's right. Um, Don, thank you for everything that you do for the culture, man. Thank I appreciate you, you. Uh, You've been one of the guys that I've had, you know, my hop talks about you so much. No, no, that's that's my man, dog. So uh, to sit down and like really kick it with you and, and and to build this this bond with you has been has been dope because from afar I've always watched you for years and watched what y'all been doing. Been a big fan. Uh, studied with y'all how the artists that y'all been able to break and and build. So thank you for coming to kick it with us. We no appreciate doubt. you, and we got to do this again soon, man. Yeah, sooner or later. Let's do it. That's Don Cannon, y'all. This has been another episode of the New Rory and Maul podcast. We will talk to y'all soon. Be safe. Be blessed. I'm that nigga. He's just ginger. Peace. <laughs> no, Rory and Maul.